1: No place to escape to. This is the last. Oh, yes. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started.
2: What was that? Oh, but the thing is, is that the scream soundtrack had, for the original scream soundtrack, <laughs> had fucking Nick Cain on it. It was great. <laughs> I remember those time. Man, soundtracks used to be different. Yeah. We did we, a whole we, 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 no dogs episode on
1: it. You ever you know what you really should do if you, for me one day you should do something about the Crow soundtrack.
2: That was in it. That was part of it. The like Crow that was, was part of the whole
1: thing. One of my it's still one of my favorite albums of all
2: time. Me too. It's not an album. It's a sound, it's a compilation, but you know. <laughs> fucking idiot. Fucking I'm fucking, <laughs> yeah, fucking
1: more I hope Scientology crushes you. <laughs>
2: I hope they crush you. I hope they tear apart your personal life.
1: I hope they tear apart your business life. No, it's
2: fine. It's, they could. It's still just not going to make the crow soundtrack an album.
1: I'm, I, I'm interpolated. Do I have my pamphlet music? Do we have my pamphlet music? Because I'm already interpolated.
0: Um, yeah, I understand, buddy. I had,
1: uh, I had, a, I, crossed my mind. It Blew my mind the other night. What? Right? I was sitting thinking. Sitting as there always, thinking. Uh-huh. As thinking always, executive time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, executive time. And I realized, what if fucking a fish getting hard enough to have sex with a fish? Mm-hmm. That's OT9. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something?
1: Great day to be a fish. I don't know. You have to get your whole abdomen torn open by the a minuscule fantastic actor. Well, there you <laughs> go. Because it's very difficult. And then you're fucking at spine. You got your spine at the bottom of your right. like, like, it's yeah. all a hole. It's a hole. Uh, rigmarole. Yeah, the tiny, it
2: like that. Yeah, the tiny little ribs, the fish ribs. Yeah, they're, it's not going to feel good. I it's not. They're it not going to f- tickle. They're going to cut. It wouldn't feel good for anybody. I don't think. No. But, well, again,
1: that's why you must be clear. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to do it. You got to be. You got to be in ethics if you want to have sex with a fish.
0: Welcome to the last podcast of the left, everyone. Ben hanging out with Henry and Marcus. Uh. None of us <laughs> have had sex with a fish. We're not good. Scientologists. Yeah, unfortunately, no! just bad at it. All right, everyone. It's time for part three of our tale of David Miscavige. Mm.
2: Now we've made a lot of hay out of David Miscavige's tiny hard body over mm. the last couple of weeks. He looks like if a Chucky doll was in his tanning bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have, and there there is controversy with these episodes. The main controversy people have been sneaking into my DMs is Henry's impression. Of David attack. Miscavige attacking, is it a flying crossbody or <laughs> is it a clothesline? Uh, we I believe about this last we time. had
1: two different varying words it's when a, we discussed it. It's a flying crossbody. Okay. Because it's full torso attack. It's <laughs> because he wants to make sure that he hits you with his belly button. Got you. <laughs> but not okay. in a sexual way because he has no sexual feelings.
2: Perfect. Clears right. it all up. Yeah, no crossbody. It's not a Goldberg. It's more like it's not like a big shoulder tackle. Nope. it is crossbody. It's crossbody. It's, body. A it's cross body. Hit, body.
1: It is attacking someone literally with your pubic
2: Oh, perfect. <laughs> well... <laughs> Perhaps all of this attention on David Miscavige's tiny, hard body is what's partly drawn the attention of a Scientology Twitter front called Hate Monitor, which, in a series of tweets over the last couple of weeks, have managed to make the three of us look both evil and super fucking radical. It's the well, coolest we've ever looked. They're using the <laughs> images
0: of when we did Red Rocks, when we actually looked like people would have sex with us. Yeah,
2: it was
1: incredible. <laughs> so
0: um,
2: cool.
1: And now we're getting calls. Now we're getting phone calls. We're getting we are, a lot of phone calls from to the Church
2: of Scientology. Actual phone calls from we know for a fact fact that they are from the Church of Scientology, yep. the uh, actual caller ID is oh, the Church yeah. of Scientology. Oh,
1: it's funny. They just put it on the ID. Yeah. But I guess they have to for legal reasons. Yeah. They'll, Maybe. They'll talk more and more because they are a church still technically according <laughs> yeah. to the eyes of the most sacred body in the United States of America, the IRS. Absolutely. And, and also, they yeah uh, the, uh, so they're coming at us pretty hard. Uh-huh. But I find it interesting because we talked massive shit mm-hmm. about Mormonism. <laughs> for like 10 mm-hmm. hours, like 15 so hours, 13 yeah. hours, right? We never had a single call Nothing no. for Mormonism. You know why? For Mormons, you know why? It's because they're confident. Yeah. Confident. And you know when I think, uh, you mm-hmm. know what? I might blame a little bit on Scientology and why Mormonism are chill. It's a lack of caffeine. Could they're be. Not, they're not all like, they're not all up in it. But uh-huh. also the Mormons, I think, are confident in what they give to their parishioners. Yeah. That they're the arrangement of you believing in our weirdo beliefs is that we actually create, we're trying to create this quote unquote loving environment Could be. for you. And they put a lot of effort into that loving environment front, which we're seeing that Scientology doesn't really do. And it leaves a bitter taste. It does. In the mouths of of their parishioners, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Got to show
2: a little love, just a tiny little, just yes. a little bit. Yeah. That's
1: honestly hug a Scientologist <laughs> today. <laughs> Seriously, bro, you like be nice to one because we're trying to get him out of there.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but the thing about David Miscavige's hard little body is that it takes a lot <laughs> of work to stay little and hard. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> it is. Look at me, Does it? I'm little and yeah. soft. Okay. okay, and it takes next to no work. That's true. <laughs>
2: But his physical form is only the base level of what makes David Miscavige tick. Oh, yeah. See, running America's second most successful cult into the ground through a long pattern of assault, kidnapping, human trafficking, and possibly murder, that requires a lot of what you called executive time. Executive, executive time. Executive time. It's
1: not nothing. It's idea formation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You're sitting and hanging out. Because you remember, this is David Miscavige at the height of his powers. Yeah. After last episode, we see he has fully consolidated yep. all the leadership under him. And now we're watching him take the Church of Scientology out for a ride like it's yeah. some kind of like demolition derby car. And even
0: at the height of his powers, still only five foot three. And that is why when Scientology He's called the short me. short of his power. There we go. And that's when, when Scientology called me yesterday. Yes, I did answer. And I actually want to tell both of you SPs oh, that I am now oh, in charge. Oh, I am now Duluth in charge. I, uh, Six I foot seven. I can, softer version. Flutes. Can I have my pamphlets, please? please? Can because I Please. Have... I am now in charge of Scientology. New rules. Uh-huh. Number
1: one. Smile more. Honestly, that's, number that's one. not bad. Sometimes you have to be happy on the outside first.
0: Higher carbs, mm-hmm. and number three, <laughs> yes, that same. fish mm-hmm. we're gonna deep fry. It. <laughs> well, you t- you want to just do a f-
1: you just want to do a fish fry, but honestly, I'm bringing
0: the Catholic fish fry to Scientology. Okay. Doing
1: an international fish fry actually will do a lot more. Than the Church of Scientology. Wow, I can mm-hmm. see your
0: blood pressure going from one seventy over one twenty to one sixty nine over one nineteen. One sixty nine <laughs> is a
1: funny
2: number. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but as we'll see, assault, kidnapping, and human trafficking are all not only essential to Miscavige's executive time, but somewhat the point. Because David Miscavige's version of Scientology doesn't really work without assault, kidnapping, and human trafficking. Because
1: he has to keep you afraid to make you stay in.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. Because they don't have any benefits. Right. But the thing about executive perks is that they can't just be paid for on spec because Scientology owns a lot of real estate. That requires liquid assets if you want to keep everything flowing. If you want to keep the bills paid. You want to keep the lights on. Mm. And if your cult doesn't have the membership that it once did... If it ever had much of a membership at all, then where do you get your cash? Also, if you uh, search
0: Pornhub for liquid assets, it ain't about finances, (laughs) my friend. You're talking about squirt yeah You're
1: dog mayor's work yeah um uh, David Miscavige he got it the old-fashioned way mm-hmm. like, oh he'd sell them cookies <laughs> like you know how how one makes money you know like I know how people make money the uh, yeah. widgets I would
0: never trust a man with a six pack to <laughs> sell me cookies but also remember
1: nope. like they they are getting when they do get their cash they have to spend it yeah because as church they're not supposed to hold on to it so uh, we're just gonna have to spend all this money
2: yeah. mm-hmm. well the answer where they get that money from. Is gullible, emotionally vulnerable, incredibly rich celebrities. Who will think of them? (laughs) (laughs) I know. To put it into perspective, the ten richest Scientologists are worth, conservatively, this is on the low end, about nine billion Ah, dollars. All right, billion with a B. Mm. But it also must be said that not all of those richest Scientologists are celebrities, as we notice most billionaires, really good billionaires
1: don't want you to know their names mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. moving around in the background making a bunch of decisions, and they don't want you to know that they can then tank their own company by being an asshole in public. Oh, are we going to talk about the shadow government? <laughs> yeah. <you have laughs> yes. <make> there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but even though Scientology's richest members do indeed have a lot of money, not all of their money goes to Scientology, of course. Okay. So how does one shore up the rest of the cost? And how does one spend all that money but make sure that none of that money makes it to the people at the bottom? How does David Miscavige give the illusion of wealth and power while still keeping a stranglehold on all of the people still in? Well, the answer is simple, sir. Slave labor. That's all you need. All you need
1: is about at this point, a couple of straggling thousand, mm-hmm. like people that you have yeah. made so tired and hungry and scared yes. that they'll just
2: do whatever it is you tell them to do. Look at that. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and so today's conclusion will be all about David Miscavige's decadence, the torture he has employed in the past to satisfy his own twisted urges as well as keep people in the church. And we're also going to cover the celebrities that Miscavige's regime has kept close to the vest for all these years. Mm -hmm. This, of course, includes a certain celebrity who had David Miscavige (laughs) serve as the best man at his last failed wedding. Whoa. Number three by this reporter's count. Who's dishing now? Wow. So, who could this celebrity, who's considered by some to be Scientology's top gun, possibly be? I don't know,
3: Marcus. (laughs) Who's it going to be? Yeah,
2: please do tell. Uh, Well, what we do know about this top gun uh,
3: guns
2: <laughs> I know now <laughs> is that he's come in and out of Scientology a few times over the years. but when he returned for the final time in the early 2000s, his physique inspired David Miscavige to, quote unquote, get ripped. David Miscavige oh,
1: man, I get ripped. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't even bring a piece of paper around me. <laughs> he loves the term ripped. He mm-hmm. likes to get He's ripped. ripped. Mm-hmm. He is. He's solid as a pebble.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And that's why he runs such a risky business.
2: <laughs> Interesting.
0: <laughs> Pretty good. It's a ooh, good fun. It's a good fun. You're I getting into who it.
2: We're talking about oh, we can't see him. Where are they? I don't know. Yeah. Now, Miscavige has always been a muscular little boy, a pebble, as you said. I absolutely <laughs> fucking love that term. Yeah. But when a certain top gun, returned with Mission Impossible 2 muscles, Miscavige started talking about getting ripped almost constantly. Great. I love when guys talk about that constantly. Oh, yeah. It shows
1: that they're very secure.
2: And ripped. (laughs) And here's where we're going to get into the decadence of David Miscavige. We're going to put a pause on the Top Gun. You're going to have to wait to see who that Top Gun is. So,
1: As we are piecing these (laughs) series together, I also want to make sure our audience knows that, like, We're pulling as much information from about six or seven different sources. There are uh, constant different, like, Scientologist blogs on the internet, former Scientologist blogs. And we're trying to compile the life of David Miscavige. It's actually very difficult to do because he is a very private and intense man. And the people he keeps really close to him, he either betrays or are also so in on it that no one really wants to talk about his inner life. So what we're doing here is really kind of pulling together what it is that we know Mm -hmm. that he's done. Because, like, we talked about the consolidation of power... But the fact that now that he's completely fucking in charge and he has this like bunch of money and he's not working on tech, yeah. what does he do with all that
2: shit? Mm-hmm. Getting ripped. <laughs> well, I mean, the people that we're bringing it from, I mean, Mike uh, Mike Rinder, excuse me, Mike Rinder, Rinder. Like, like, like Spender, not like grinder. Yep. Uh, Mike. I know Rinder. you love your grinder. <laughs> oh, yes. And a hoagie. It's such a fun word to say. It Gr- is. grinder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun thing to do, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You doing it? Uh, I've been on the dating apps a little bit. Wow! Yeah, I was on Big and Tender. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and then I I realized I was just ordering up to. I was just ordering food.
3: (laughs) I'm on Big and Tender. Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna
0: find me a dog one of these days.
2: Uh, uh, Well, Mike Render. Uh, he is the one who actually has get, has given us the most information or has given the world the most information about David Miscavige's life, or at least until Mike Rinder left Scientology in like the mid to late 2000s. 2007. Yeah. We, what we're
1: basically trying to do
2: is coordinate, like triangulate a bunch of different sources to get whatever we
1: can. Yeah. I just recently been reading Mark Headley's Blown for Good, <laughs> uh, which is a great, I do love the title of it. It's very funny. Um, but Mark Headley is another, was a young dude. He has another perspective. It's more just understanding that when you have so many people all saying the same exact, very similar stories about mm-hmm. a man, you that, that is probably the
2: truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to get ribbed, Miscavige escalated his already decadent lifestyle habits that had, by the early to mid 2000s, reached their peak, just as Scientology was also reaching the height of its power and visibility before it began to crumble. Are we talking Kim.com here, or are we talking Papa John's?
0: Kim.com. What's so Kim.com? Oh, because you know Kim.com? No. He was no. an internet mogul. He ended up getting arrested and uh, I believe he's currently incarcerated. Wow. Fantastic documentary on him.
1: Really? Well, <laughs> let's just move
2: on. Are you talking about the power of the Papa? I was like, are we talking no, about do Papa John's? Papa
0: John's gave us a tour of his home. Oh, uh, yes, sure. Yeah, are we yes. talking like that?
2: Far beyond Oh,
0: that. yeah.
1: Beyond. beyond Papa John. Oh, he's beyond. Actually, I don't. Papa John's, I think, is a fucking billionaire now. Papa John I is I think super his rich. reckoning was way more talking about the back end.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, it could be. But on the other hand, uh, Papa John also does not have an army of near slaves. You
1: don't know what I have. <laughs> That's true. You don't know what I have. Like, a day of reckoning coming. I have a thousand piece of tears. They're
2: coming to your studio. A thousand pieces of tears
1: going through your garbage.
2: Uh, David Miscavige, if we're talking food here. He had employed two personal chefs for years. But when he wanted to get ripped, he had them enter everything he ate into a huge spreadsheet to ensure that every meal was 40% protein exactly oh and no more than 400 calories. And all that shit's in
1: exact science. What? What a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He'd be fed four meals a day. And by the way, uh, David Miscavige, despite his ongoing asthma, chain smokes like a mother. You wouldn't believe how much he smokes. You can tell by his voice, though. He's got that. He's got the, yeah, everybody.
1: Yeah. We're building a gate to the future. <laughs> Even my current impersonation of him is far friendlier. Whatever you heard about us, if you haven't heard us from you us, got to hear you gotta hear from
0: us. Hear from me. <laughs> We're doing really well. <laughs> I mean, honestly, smoking makes for a great radio voice. It does. Mm, yeah,
2: actually, my radio voice got much better that's after I quit you, smoking. I do. I say? believe it. Will you hear? It because it, it depends on the radio voice. Yeah, because well, I mine used to be so thick with mucus. And it's yep. not quite so thick with mucus in it all anymore. Not anymore. Right, not, not anymore, anymore. But I love talking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he would also he eat four meals a day. He constantly smoked cigarette, but dinner was a five course meal that was made specifically for his and his wife's blood type. Reportedly, Miss Cavitch's favorites were mushroom risotto, clam linguine, Ooh. and of course, the cruelest of meals, foie gras.
1: Yes, mm. it is. It is sad, and I, even I struggle. With a I, I, frog is delicious, but I think it must it's be the, so hard for you. It's the pain <laughs> in it that is what's delicious. It's mm-hmm. the screaming of. it I can see him like having a little piece of frogware, which is like it's half the size of his head.
2: Yeah, yeah. like just
1: because he's all head. He is. He's all. Head. And it's, yeah, him like that's a very David Miscavige meal.
2: Very much so. Yeah, I could see it. Seafood would also be trucked in from Santa Monica to Gold Base several times a week, and corn-fed lamb would be flown in from New Zealand. He must have been terrified attached to those planes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah lucky lamb. David's missing wife, Shelly, would also make these extravagant delivery demands. Of course, this is before Shelley Miscavige went missing. Right. Shelly was, uh, it, I would say from what I can tell, I may be wrong here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. But Shelly Miscavige also sounds like a monster. Complicated woman. <laughs> well, truly, complicated I mean, woman. I know he's... she's missing. What I know do... it's all that. But it does seem like, from what I've read, that she joined in the, well, in the torture I mean, sense. quite so, a bit. Some place underneath makes a really good
1: argument, which, which is interesting because it's a part of the actual legal argument that, that David Miscavige is going through right now of, like, can someone, if you're raised in a religion, mm-hmm. if you know nothing but this religion, like from very, very early age, and it forms your entire personality. What is consent to activities that you have been kind of fully indoctrinated into believing that this is what you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You are, Shelley Miscavige knows, as the number two to the number one of Scientology and the history of quote-unquote number twos mm-hmm. and what happens to them within Scientology uh, was probably acting in a way to, yeah, probably, maybe it, it gets inside of you, mm-hmm. but you're also trying to go along to get along. You're trying to not make bumps, and you're trying to be the bride of David Miscavige. Sure. Who is just as cruel, and, like, you don't, you don't think want you to can't get man-
0: flushed down the toilet. Because
1: people did view her as some, like, she was scary, but then the other echelons of her were, like, the, the higher-ups were, like, well, Shelly was a, again, term complicated comes up a lot, mm-hmm. because... She was born, raised. Now you're you're in the center of the hurricane. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know how you'd react. I don't know how you'd act. But then now, whatever go, it is. I'd
0: go missing for like 16 years. I mean, <laughs> that's
1: what she, she got done to her. Yeah. You know, but so I think that, you know, she's
2: you're you're stepping on. It's the pain rolling downhill. Sure. 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 Okay. I see. Well, that's the thing is that her and David together, their meals would be, they would cost anywhere between three dollars and $20,000 per week. Jesus fucking that right. That's a lot. More would be spent, of course, if a certain Top Gun was in attendance <laughs> at dinner.
1: Well, they, I'm certain they didn't have goose. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No foie gras for
2: him <laughs> no not at all they'd fly in ingredients from all over the world when Top Gun showed up because they wanted to make it extravagant they wanted yeah. to make him sp- feel special they have to show their biggest guy hey look at what we can accomplish look at what we can pull off seafood <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell. You get seafood. Wow. Well, well, uh near the ocean. Holy wow. shit.
1: Honestly, no. If it's going out to gold base, it's the middle of the fucking desert. It's taking yeah. a three-hour trip from Santa Monica. So it's like they are mm. flying it in. They are doing the thing. They're shipping it's, it in, but it's three three extremely hours bad. it's very extravagant.
0: Yeah. Sand trout. Can you imagine if there was fish in the desert. That's cow-
3: that's
1: cows. <laughs>
2: But once Miscavige was done with his fourth meal of the day, he'd retired to his private screening room where he'd watch his favorite movies. He loved Scarface, of course, because he's an asshole, and he loved The Godfather. We all do. Everyone loves The Godfather. Sure. He was also known to sip on surprisingly moderately priced scotch. Mm. He liked Macallan, which is, you know, it's, it's good. It's good. Well, but it's because it's, it's good. It's moderately priced, though.
1: Yeah, to me, honestly, then you're fighting. I mean, are we, how much are we paying for the scotch? Yeah, how much how do much you have, you have like, to pay for all it? All the scotch at some level tastes kind of the same. Now right. I'm drunk and I'm scotch drunk, <laughs> which means I'm like making like world decisions in my head. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like looking out and being like, one day all this land will be mine.
2: It's scotch it is an ambitious drunk. It is. It's, yeah. it's, well, yeah. it's a cruel
1: you get inside the side of you you become president for a night alone in a room.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But yeah, McAllen, it's a good, it's still top shelf. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's I would just
2: stuff. I would just considering his extravagant habits, I would expect him to drink something much more expensive.
0: The like Glenn That's the same. <laughs> Yep, well, it's it's awesome.
2: it's, uh, Johnny Walker Blue every night, perhaps.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a blue guy.
0: Uh, it's very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I tried yeah. to shoot it one time in celebration and almost threw up. Yeah.
2: that's not what you're supposed to do. No, it. you're you know, supposed to sip it. Yeah. It's real smoky. <laughs> yeah. It's real smoky. Oh. Well, that's what the reason why I kind of bring it up is that his stereo system is incredible. He'd sit there and listen on a $150,000 stereo system just listening to Michael Jackson all you're day, all Michael. night.
1: You're innocent, Michael! <laughs> Every time he's just listening to it again, just loving it. Yeah. It's like wow. Dan moonwalking alone <laughs> in his sad, like,
2: empty, giant mansion. Mm-hmm. So he
0: listened, well, drunk on Macallan to Man in the Mirror while watching Scarface unironically. Yeah, yeah.
2: all this unironically. Wow. Yeah. It, it informs you. Sad. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as Miscavige's dapper look goes his clothes were all tailored by the same guy who does Will Smith's and a certain Top Gun's wardrobe. Oh. And those clothes were kept for David's perusal in a room that was only for David's tiny suits. <laughs> you can fit a lot more. A, a lot this. of suits in that this room. This is really of suits, I'm
1: starting to get jealous because I love my own tiny suit room because yeah. that's fun to do. You go and you're like, these are my suits. Like, just so excited to be like, and there's one suit. There's my blue one. There's my gray one. There's my brown one. And it's like, i just try them on all the time. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Isn't he always in the same color suit? Basically. It's like a dark
1: blue suit. Yeah, all he wears. there's different shades. I saw, like, one was, like, I, I saw one that was more like a skyscraper cobalt, <laughs> oh, and I okay. saw another one that was, like, a goose gander gray. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see, like,
2: yeah, there's a lot in there. It's, like, there's variations. Multiple suits. He also had two full-time stewards who did his laundry and cleaning constantly, to the point where even the light bulbs were polished once a month. You're going to want the,
1: clean light bulbs. Mark Headley talks about a story. It's just all of this, like it's ananity to prove of its. It's like it's ananity for its its own ananity, right? Mm-hmm. Like What's you this are
0: ananity word.
1: Ananity. Ananity. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the idea of like kind of it's busy work that a yeah. bunch of people are just doing all the time because right. it's, pointless,
2: again, it's pointless shit that kind of drives you a little crazy. No,
1: the, the whole right. point is, so, and, and it's demeaning it's deeply like Mark Kedley talks about how like when he first met David Miscavige it happened on accident he was a kid David Miscavige made a like a surprise visit to their org like him and his two dudes and he accidentally ran into him outside he saw David Miscavige he was like in the first thing he said he was like this minuscule yelling man with two men flanking him and he was talking to somebody be like, I'll see you at goal base. Like he did something weird shit. And then he said, hello to David Miscavige. you like regarded him. He walked up to his new auditing coach that was like, Oh, you know, like, and he's just like, yeah, actually, uh, I think the COBs here, like, wh- wh- however they called him at the time.
2: COB, chairman of the board. Yeah, they called oh, him COB. Oh, okay. And, like,
1: they, like, I think, he, and they pulled him into, <laughs> yes, yes, B-O-R-E-D. That's oh, from Norm McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> and so, they poured him into, a, pulled him into another room, and they're like, how'd you meet Mr., Where, when did you see Mr. Miscavige? And he's like, oh, you know, I just bumped into him to him side. You're like, you need to fucking tell us when you run into him. We need to go into full panic mode now. They they clean the entire org, waiting for him outside he comes in they're all scurrying around he comes in he does the white glove He has a white glove on, oh my god and he's checking shit and he's like he's just like this place is filthy because they found dust behind a trash can and they made him redo the whole thing they had to stay there all night was he a part of the fucking restaurant and this is young <laughs> this is when he's young but the idea is it's it's that weird thing of like it's that it's about absolute control yeah he really should have just been an inspector for restaurants yeah,
0: That would yeah, really have yeah. been a perfect job
1: but for him. Unfortunately, he doesn't take bribes, so it would be very uh, difficult for him in that business. It? <laughs>
2: yeah, It's going to be a lot of C's around mm. New York City. But when it came time to leave... <laughs> uh, yeah, a yeah. couple yeah. of D's, too. A wow.
0: couple of double D's. <laughs> uh, I haven't jerked off in a month.
1: <laughs> you should. I know. You really need to. I, I can know. smell cum, but not like stained cum. Uh-huh. I smell fresh
2: <laughs> cum it's just like coming out of you. Yeah. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah, it's like when someone's carrying around like a bucket of fresh milk. <laughs> 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 that's I can smell it's unpasteurized. It's well, wafting. I smell every,
0: your children. Every time you think about it, then Jerry jumps on the bed and I'm like, I'm okay.
2: Yeah, I've been
1: dealing with that recently. Natalie's been out of town. We're in a deep sidebar here, but it was like, yeah. I was in the middle oh. of like, dude, like when he was like trying to like cuddle, that. I was like, just leave me that. You're a father. I had to go upstairs. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Brings yeah. you out
2: of it. Yeah, it really does. Yep. Yeah. Well, when it... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Georgie. Georgie's in the room. I'm George, sorry you should... No, she's fine. That's why I'm not mentioning it, because my little girl's right here. Yeah, and yes. she's just like, the yeah.
1: things I've seen, <laughs> the things I've seen them do.
2: Oh, she's got her sweet ears on right now.
1: Live right from your grave. Stamps.com has postage rates You literally can't find anywhere else, like up to 84% off USPS and UPS. It used to cost five barrels of wine to send one single mayor from one county to another. Can you even believe this? For 25 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over one million businesses. And if you sell products online, I know I do because my words are products. Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Use stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer, and they even send you a free scale, but they don't send you a mailman because now you're the mailman. And guess what? I can be as drunk as I want when I deliver the mail. Set your business up for success. When you started with Stamps.com today, sign up with promo code LEFT for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code LEFT. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year.
2: David would hop on his private jet, which cost $30,000 per trip. And Toe was a personal chiropractor to align his little back, and a personal hairdresser who kept his hard as nails quaff high and square at all times. Good. He's got some kind of, uh, he must have some kind of hair implants, too. It's
1: real thick. You've got yeah. a real strong front.
2: Yeah. Right. Additionally, Miscavige would also bring photography equipment and a staff to take photos everywhere he went. And then he'd take those photos, bring them back to Gold Base, and show them off to all of the executives and the Sea Org members who were, for all intents and purposes, captives at Gold Base. How exciting. So he just showed other people pictures His of himself headshot. on a yep. plane. Oh, yep. Yeah, Really cool hmm Now, speaking of Sea Org, even though it was once a position of honor in Scientology, they now seem to be, and have been for many decades, little more than slaves. Because they were supposed to be the priest class. Yeah. Right? And then what they did was, in a weird
1: way, it feels like a, a truly abusive relationship where it's like, oh, you love me so much, I'm going to s- fucking stick your head in the ground. I'm going to just fucking mash your head. I'm going to yeah. destroy you. Right. Because, because you love me so much.
2: Mm-hmm. They are the entry point, C-Org, in which Scientology becomes a serious cult of belief and subjugation. That's when it goes beyond a money-making scheme designed to build clueless and desperate actors.
0: That's just American. Yeah, that's (laughs) just called Hollywood. Yeah.
2: Now, at Gold Base, where C-Org members are arguably treated the worst, they're made to eat in a meat and potatoes mess hall with a meager salad bar, unless you're being punished, of course. If you're being punished, rice and boiled beans. You just got a pot. So, remember, so that's what they ate. That's what you after eating frog raw, a
1: night of eating $20,000 worth of frog raw. Yeah. This is
2: what they eat. Next door, the people who are doing the yeah. actual work are eating rice and boiled beans.
0: What so. are we talking when we say salad bar here? Are we talking Wendy's salad bar?
2: Nobody. that got some jones no, and no, some nacho no, cheese? no. There are barely any fixings. Yeah. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, I love a good salad sh- think bar. Shitty Pizza Hut salad bar, 1993. Unless oh, they're
1: doing good. things different because so much information has leaked. Yeah. Because Rinder just talks about like b- part of being on C org is being hungry yeah and the pride of being hungry yes because what that meant was that you're working too hard and you don't like you're 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 really digging in
2: it's the grind you know it's the same thing of people now that well you know just regular ass people if you're like oh fucking work 10 hours today bro like i'm grinding i'm making it happen i'm doing it it's right. that's very sick like well, that type of addicted to it mentality mm-hmm. that seems similar to um Shinrikyo, the way very they true. kept them yeah. very very
1: I mean, they all do. Very, Very hungry. Does.
2: Oh, yeah. Hungry is a, that that is a key word for all cults. Yes. All cults are always hungry. You never see a chubby can th- name a chubby cult.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, blubbers. Wow. There's,
1: there's the blubber boys. <laughs> I yeah, there's yeah, the, yeah. the blubber boys. Yeah, too, blubber. Oh, the, I mean, the Gertrude I will gang. say anybody who's in charge of big dairy, right? <laughs> they yeah. got to be big right? That's and a gotta, cult. That's, yeah. Oh, sure. Look yeah. at me. I'm stuck. Absolutely, I need to reach out. <laughs> My cholesterol <laughs> big, too. Is so I need big. to reach out. Your cholesterol
2: is too I big. need to get
1: a fucking a, a deprogrammer for cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, the cost of each Sea Org meal, each person, they spend about 75 cents per person uh, per meal on Gold Base when it came to Sea Org members. That's about half of what the state of California spends on prisoners per meal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Prisoners
0: get about three bucks, three fifty. Well, it's a great day to be a prisoner in California.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome.
2: Well, on average, Sea Org members are "quote unquote" paid fifty dollars a week, and that's only if they don't incur any fines for various withholds, overts, or General goofy. Yeah, definitely oh. not General
1: Goofy. You get mm. bumped for that. Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: absolutely. And you don't want to meet Sergeant
1: Fuckface. <laughs> you really don't. <laughs> because that because is. your throat, your soft palate's going to be a mess.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. General Goofery, come here.
2: <laughs> uh, if you get that sort of punishment, you can get bumped down to as low as $13 a week. And that's if you're not actively racking up debt to Scientology. Well, the thing is you are racking up debt to Scientology no matter what,
1: because if you want to bail on your billion dollar contract, one of the things they do, part of the ways they keep you in is that then they send you a bill Mm -hmm. for all of the free auditing that you got, and they say, oh, you signed up for this in these various contracts that we made you do while you were half asleep. We kind of semi-forced you to do. Some of you are into this maybe at the beginning, but we kind of made you do this and you agreed to this, Mm -hmm. so they are Charting it because they're giving you this is where they get their tax exempt status to this day and why they do it. It's because they house and feed these people. Mm -hmm. But due to the lack of regulation on looking at like how a church spends its money, they can do it as the tiniest amount at the very little. And then just say, oh, it's because they choose to live a monastic existence Mm -hmm. instead of saying we're trying to create a free workforce.
2: Yes. Billion year contract. But all of this is seen by Sea Org members as a reasonable reality. They have no access to computers, their personal calls are monitored, all of their letters are inspected, their bank records are monitored, and any semblance of pop culture is absent from their lives. See, that is what's aggravating. They're a science cult. I
0: know it's not real science, Mm -hmm. but you would think tech would be everywhere. It should be. It's called Sea
1: Org. In the ideal orgs, that's what he does. That's a part of his money-making scam is that he makes these, he blows out these old historical buildings with the highest of ends of tech and uh, fixtures, beautiful marble floors, like everything at the top of the line. And then they pump volunteer; they get people to then like go and raise money on this new, absolutely top of the line property that they just did, which works for about a year. And then the whole thing falls off once they be, like they they let it go, and then it just this very fancy building that is just empty.
2: So weird. I mean, the only tech they really use is the e meter. That's the only technology that they use.
1: Yeah, machine. Yeah, because it's
2: a questionable tech. (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, but to the point of pop culture being absent from their lives completely. When South Park did its groundbreaking Scientology episode, Trapped in the Closet, that probably did more damage to Scientology than anything before or since. It really cannot be overstated how devastating. That episode was
1: because David Miscavige is now living in a world where all of your deepest secrets, all of your hidden material that allowed like because that really was, I think, the power they had over people was just like when you come into this, this very sacred environment, Mm -hmm. if you come into this place, right, what you will see. Which you will get, no one ever gets. David, it sounds like you have misanthiolyomia. <laughs> misanthiolyomia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I think You have early I onset. I can't get that because that means I brought that in. Okay. All right, and right. I'm clear. <laughs> but he's like, he brings people, and you want to be like entranced by the secret teachings, yeah. but now they're all out in the open. Everything's so, out in the so open. Like, so now, David Miscavige is kind of like that. That power is gone, which is why then the punishment comes in.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Is that like that was the point that you brought up uh, when we were on the phone a couple of days ago talking about this? Is that like all of a sudden Scientology, you have any 13-year-old in America that can say, Scientology's fucking stupid. Yeah, and
1: it's it's South Park like educated a group of 13-year-olds that Scientology was a cult, and it
2: worked. Yeah, I mean, the overall plot to the show, I mean, it's very much of its time. You know, it's it's R. Kelly, it's Tom Cruise, it's John Travolta and all that. But the masterstroke of this episode was laying out the entire Xenu mythology, the basis of Scientological belief, into a a minute-and-a-half-long animated sequence with the words, this is what Scientologists actually believe overlaid on top. They I mean, fucking, they destroyed yeah. the church in a minute and a half. And Do cut guys, to uh,
1: Mike Rinder doing his PR thing after when the Zeno thing first dropped and him being like, that's patently ridiculous. Like <laughs> the way he attacks it in that way, it also shows they, they, they are, they, they, stick into a point of view and they just hold it, that fringe point of view as hard right. as possible to keep inside.
0: Do you guys talk on the phone when you're in bed? <laughs> You're just like Oh Henry <laughs> yeah, I
1: am curling The phone cord I don't know you If Ghost up.
0: No I don't even Think Ghostface Would even want to Kill me I don't think Ghostface <laughs> would kill me What is your Favorite scary movie If he I'm
2: asked
1: I'm gonna Scream again Whoa! Because I screamed At today <laughs>
2: I love Demi Lovato But even though David Miscavige Was incredibly Incensed about The South Park Takedown Especially when the Episode ended with Stan saying I'm not scared of you Sue me the people in Sea Org would not have understood it, even if they had seen it. Depending mm. on if they were born into Scientology, they would have no concept what South Park was. They wouldn't know why any of it was funny. Mm. They wouldn't know why people even watched you're it. You're just talking about like you're my parents.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. At the time, like, mm. what is the shit? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, none of the references like R. Kelly's trapped in the closet. You remember that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the rumors about Travolta and Cruz's sexuality. None of that would have made any sense. Or it's it's more like it's not allowed to make sense. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, all they would do if they watched it, they would find it confusing and terrifying. Right. They would see it as an obvious offensive against Scientology from the outside world. Hell, they might even it look was. at...
3: It was. Yeah, it it's absolutely is. It's deeply suppressive. Yeah.
2: I mean, they might even looked at Xenu Zeno, Zeno laughing and... Been scared by that. Because oh, Xenu yes. is a terrifying character. Oh, like, oh, that's what Xenu looks like. You're like, oh, shit. But then, <laughs> but then also, like, there probably is a little bit
1: of that sacred thing. Like, I've been told that this is sacred yeah. information. That this is deeply, deeply secret. That people would go insane if mm-hmm. they heard this information. And they do go insane. Mm-hmm. Getting mad at Scientology. They go like, <laughs> what are you what? But yeah. it's like,
2: that's what holds you in but keeps other people out. Mm-hmm. Now, to the point of David Miscavige's anger, one of the key differences between L. Ron Hubbard's Scientology and David Miscavige's Scientology is that under LRH, Scientology was all about the tech when it came to the ego stroke. (laughs) LRH got off on people loving and praising his ideas and methods, and he was so in love with psychological manipulation that he set off multiple time bombs within Scientology, like the 21-year return, Mm -hmm. that were designed to fuck with people Decades after his death,
1: he really fucked himself, everybody over yes. by creating no yeah. designated line, right? He and he knew it. He knew it. He knew it. Because, he knew it. Well, technically, a lot of people fight about like what he wanted because like there's the story that he wanted it to be run by a council mm-hmm. that he felt that no one person could ever bear the, the actual responsibility. Oh, yes. Of guiding Scientology into the future, but unlike L. R. H., because shoulders so narrow, <laughs> shoulders so
2: narrow, yeah. you'd
1: think they were
2: broad. You know what I mean? Like he just is yeah. hes 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 perfect. Man- uh, uh, yeah. If Miss Cavitch is a pebble, at Hubbard, that's a mango. He's a mango. <laughs> oh. he <is> a- <laughs> wow. He is a
1: mango. That's great. A old- I'm a mango. <laughs> well, i like, i consider myself an avocado. <laughs> you probably
0: want to eat more mangoes with your blood pressure. Probably be good for you. <laughs> Where are my pamphlets?
1: <laughs> <laughs> honestly, because we yeah, last time we, I gotta get these, gotta get these cooked up. It's
2: <laughs> great. You feeling good now? I feel no. much better. I actually I'm honestly feel deeply better. agitated. <laughs> yep. He mm-hmm.
0: wanted a council, huh?
2: <laughs> a council. He wanted a big
0: council. Yes. Well, no way nine people could be wrong. Yeah, no way. I feel blessed. Thank you, Fernando. Fantastic. <laughs> and. You're an avocado.
3: <laughs> oh, you're a mango. Don't take Hey, <laughs>
2: that's the thing. Hubbard loved the manipulation. He loved the tech. He loved people telling him how smart he was yes. for, pulling, for coming up with all of this shit. Miscavige, however, he's more of a sociopathic corporate CEO. Mm. He's very, very shallow. He thrives on fear, submission, and the blind accumulation of wealth. To that end, he completely restructured Scientology to specifically feed those needs. He is literally the only, him and T.C., mm-hmm. well, our,
1: our, our blind uh, eye. A certain top gun. A certain top gun. Or <laughs> yeah. are the only people currently really benefiting from Scientology. I mean, who knows with the parishioners? Like, mm-hmm. who knows, like, the people that are truly just on the outside that are just casually giving money to Scientology? I don't know what their lives are like because we talk about how, like, the up to class five, like the, some of the stuff is just kind of relaxation techniques and straight up acting exercises. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff is kind of like innocuous. You can kind of see how it like it might help you with communication sure. or like with the, that whatever like that kind of garbage. It's yeah. not until you join the C org that the crimes really start. This is one of those stories where we talked about I think last time about how the crimes of the cult really fall on its most beloved members mm-hmm. versus the other ones where it's the fringe gets fucked and the center is what benefits. It's, yeah. one, it's only one person benefits and yeah. it's David Miscavige.
0: It's like how we are with our friend groups. The closer friends we are, the
2: worse it gets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this though, I can see how some Scientology defectors can still believe in Scientology while also speaking out against the church itself. Yeah, sure. Basically, they're like Catholics who left the church because of the molesting, but still pray to God when they're in a jam. Sure. And they still use guilt to simultaneously keep themselves from doing horrible things and to keep themselves from enjoying life to the fullest. Because that's the key. You want to hover between those two points. Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. called
1: Christianity.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can take some of the positive tenets of anything yeah.
2: and apply it to a secular life. Of course. Yeah. That's you know? the idea. Yeah. It's
1: like, and then community. The yeah. concept of right. community. Of
2: course. Yeah. But in Scientology, of course. That's how you become a squirrel. That's what a squirrel Uh is. That's somebody who's... Stealing tech. Yes, someone who has taken the ideas of Scientology and is practicing them outside of the church. And that, of course, can bring the ire of the squirrel busters. Oh, yeah, I've been trying to
1: audit my blood pressure down, but all I end up doing is masturbating.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll raise it. But when it comes to Scientology being mainly about David Miscavige for the last few decades, his birthday is probably the best example. Because
1: I think that's a new holiday now because they have like five big holidays. One's LRH birthday and they have like another. I forget the other one's like the beginning of OT eight, And I guess it's one of his. Is is that one of the big
0: holidays? It's definitely a big holiday. And they're they're big Arbor Day uh,
2: people. (laughs) Big Big Arbor Day people. Yeah. Every year, Scientologists celebrate David Miscavige's birth by giving cash contributions that go towards birthday presents for little Davey. Wow. Great. Over, Over the years, he's received such expensive gifts as tailored suits, Designer leather jackets, nice cameras, diving equipment, Italian shoes, and a handmade titanium bicycle. Cool.
0: I would love to see this rich fucking bitch just open up the present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, here we have a suit.
2: Yeah, have Put it in my <laughs> suit. <bro. laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, tan suit. You trying to get me sued? Yeah, but those are only the appetizers for the big gifts presented Ooh. by the various orgs. One year, the flag service org in Clearwater all pitched in and bought David a $70,000 motorcycle. Money Ooh. well spent. Nice. Yeah. And another division set him up with a BMW. Cool. But Miscavige also ends up with more presence because in a classic corporate move, and this is actually very important to David Miscavige holding on to power for as long as he has, he created so many different orgs within orgs that nobody is able to hold enough power to challenge him for the top spot. Great way to do it. It's
1: has it been it is so complicated and uh, and it, you can see why you get obsessed yeah. researching Scientology. I am. I'm up to my fucking receding hairline in it. God, right? like, God
2: God save Tony Ortega.
1: I mean, he really just like the idea of keeping it up to date, but it is very difficult to really parse down what is the day-to-day of current Scientology and what's going on in there because yeah. of this like spider web construction that David Miscavige has set up.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: If you see the power chart flow, have you ever seen that power flow? No. Like, it's, it's just, again, the, the word inanity keeps coming up. It's just red tape. It's made just to make sure you know you'll never get your word all the way up to David Miscavige.
2: Yeah. But perhaps Miscavige's greatest crime when it comes to sillying the legacy of LRH oh. was when he replaced Hubbard's Adorable corgis, yes, with the lowly beagle. Oh fuck! Now oh, we're, gonna gonna
1: we're gonna get Cheery's blown up. We're
2: gonna get blown up even
1: Chihuahua. harder. I love beagles. They keep your house free of rodents. Do you understand that the beagle brigade's gonna fucking be right behind?
2: Uh, the, the goddamn Scientologists uh, yeah, in mean, front of our homes. Yeah, the beagle brigade is fine. Well, we'll just have to fucking come back with the corgi clan. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good idea, Marcus. <laughs> oh yeah, corgi-, corgi clan. Corgi clan with a C, my friend, uh, with a C. Uh, Thank uh, you for clarifying. Fine. Like the foot clan, but for corgis the Corgi That's Clan. That's just we as bad at, as what we were
1: thinking earlier. We here at the Crazy Corgi Clan, we absolutely uh-huh. love a short-legged animal and anything with anything beyond a five-inch leg needs to be genocided.
0: Corgi butts drive me nuts. I don't like the Corgi
1: community. I think that they sexualized their dogs. Oh my god guys oh my god. I just I'm so I feel like <laughs> I'm a we're going to like jump past being sued by the church of scientology and just get sued by by dogs. <laughs> we're just going to get sued by uh, the Beagle World Beagle magazines.
2: <laughs> Beagles are fine they're just you know uh, if I'm if I'm on a boat what do I want to see? Do I wanna see corgis or do I wanna see beagles running? I, run I wanna
1: see a woman with big breasts in a <laughs> bikini.
2: Fantastic.
1: I wanna see I wanna look and see a
2: margarita in my hand. I yeah. wanna see,
1: I wanna have a fresh brat in yeah. the other.
2: I mean, yes. Are corgis <laughs> a less are they a less a practical animal to have on a boat because they're so low and you can trip over them and go overboard much easier. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think absolutely, dogs should be on boats.
0: <laughs> I don't think dogs like boats.
1: No, I don't think. I think they're terrified on a boat. <laughs> I know some people are like my dog. loved the boat. It's because you raised them on the boat. On now the it's boat. It loves you. It's a boat dog. <laughs> I
0: also, I just want a margarita and a fucking brat. Bri- yeah. Yeah. Bri- yeah. Ooh, wow, what a nice day that would be. That really would be a nice day. I'm, I'm going to plan it. I'm going to do it Sunday. All right, let's, let's do, do it.
2: it. Well, Miss Cavage had amongst a veritable pack of dogs. Five beagles that all had blue vests, custom made, and each one featured four stripes on the shoulder epaulets. They That's, had epaulets. Yeah. They had everything. It was very cute. I would, will admit, it's a cute costume. Yeah. That meant that the Beagles, though, were technically Sea Org captains, and as such, everyone had to treat them as Sea Org captains and salute them when they walked by. This was, of course, yet another tactic David Miscavige used to keep Sea Org members in their place, Jeez. telling them, basically, even the highest ranking among you are, at best, equal to my fucking dogs.
1: Seriously. And, wow. again, like, he says, again, the way they flip it, is that, like, oh, what, like, a funny, cute thing, like, it's a human interesting. thing but every single thing that David Miscavige does is deadly serious. Yeah, There's not a sense of irony about the man. Like, and if you look at footage that people have of him now, like those fake Scientology videos where you see him like smiling and like, looking like he hangs out Mm -hmm. with people inside of the Oregon ship and like, Absolutely not. That man's very, very dangerous. You no. Tell me you don't like a fucking beagle, bro. No, I like a beagle. I'm look just look saying. I have no. Pr- Again, I don't have
2: <laughs> a hair in this fight. I mean, I, I like a beagle. I'm just saying I got a corgi or I got a little corgi mix and I like corgis better. Beagles can run up to 20 miles fucking per hour. Yeah. You fucking put that beagle up against my Georgie. Georgie can run 20 miles an hour. I guarantee you. I I've seen this dog run. Yeah. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, in addition... Miscavige also had a Dalmatian pit bull mix oh. called Buster, who was known to attack staff members and once sent an elderly woman to the hospital. Oh. Now, while Sea Org members were putting up with being compared to dogs and being attacked by dogs, they were also being beaten on the regular by Scientology executives, and the beatings were beginning to get progressively worse starting in the late 90s. That's because shit was rolling downhill following the death of of Lisa McPherson. Remember, that's what we mm-hmm. talked about at the end of the last episode. Is
0: their exorcism gone wrong. Yes. yes basically.
2: And after that, David Miscavige's punishments involving Scientology executives were getting more violent, more humiliating, and more bizarre in the dusty old bones full of green dust tradition. It really mm. is true. And
1: the fact that, like, because now they're, like, heavily bleeding. Mm-hmm. After the Lisa McPherson thing, that was, like, really the first time that something from the outside world really came in and touched yeah. David Miscavige, right. and he did not like that, which is why they still so angrily and hungrily go after anybody. Well, and they still are doing, we're experiencing too, people experience this all the time because of, because of the Lisa McPherson thing and where it's g- going to to now. Like mm-hmm. this is the whole like third age yeah. of
2: Scientology. And, hmm. and this is, you know, and it's important to say that like these uh, punishments, the worst punishments in Scientology go towards executives. These are people at the very, very top, the people that are in David Miscavige's immediate orbit. Again, Shelly Miscavige, all these people. Anybody who got close to him was this close. The more you got promoted, the more in danger you were within Mm. the organization. Well, and perhaps the most bizarre and frankly hilarious example... David Miscavige had a set of expensive, lifelike ventriloquist dolls commission that looked exactly like his three favorite executive whipping boys.
1: Mm-hmm. He would bring them into these meetings, and mm-hmm. then he'd be like, Okay, everybody, let's just see what Mike has to say. <laughs> and he'd pull up the ventriloquist <laughs> dummy and act it out in
2: front of all of them. <laughs> he'd ask the questions. And yeah. then he'd answer the questions in, like, voices that impersonated the Dolls Doppelganger. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> but they were also very, the impersonations were also fucking weird. I know, it was exactly. It
1: was like my, it's my, that's a part that I connected is that he's very, like, He's brutal in this, too, where they're not clever. No. It's kind of Trumpy in that way where it's just enough of, like, a gut shot because it's immature, too. And then you're supposed to be a big bad boss of Scientology, too. (laughs) And he's just ripping you to shreds in the room.
2: Yeah. But for one executive named Haber, or oh, maybe yeah, it's Aber. It's
1: uh, Hebert Jetsch. It's the guy that was the original spokesperson for Scientology mm-hmm. because he looked like a cute old man. Mm-hmm. But then David Miscavige decided that he looked too old. And yeah. then when, that's when Rinder got put His up. His name him. is Hebert, Hebert
0: Jetsch? Hebert Jench. I hope he finds them boys <laughs> out there. I hope he finds them. them boys. <laughs> I'm thinking Why of the boys. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of the boys. <laughs> what are you saying? They got a Confederate flag on the car. <laughs>
1: no, he's German. Oh, this is he's Aber
0: Jinch! Yeah, I hope he finds the boys from the Dukes Hazard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what I was thinking of,
1: <laughs> hey man. Whatever gets it out, of <laughs> whatever, yeah.
2: whatever, man. Well, for this guy, David Miscavige would get a little meta. He'd do a howdy doody voice uh, that always answered with childish statements. Why, because
1: well, you a big,
2: stupid dummy, <laughs> like literally, yeah. Because in Miscavige's view, a uh, bear had the intelligence of a marionette. You're as smart as this dummy. You're a dumber. And you look at the dummy. <laughs>
1: it's like, why are you friends with me then?
2: <laughs> if he he hates all of his friends, he has
1: no friends. Yeah, only only one specific incredible cocktail artist.
2: Oh, interesting. (laughs) For another executive named Le LeServé, Miscavige would do an over-the-top French accent, (laughs) and almost every sentence that he spoke would mention how much LeServé loved cheese. Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: I'm "I'm a cheese-loving motherfucker. I am a stupid cocksucker.
2: (laughs) Because Because
1: then he loved his favorite word with cocksucker. Right.
2: But when it came time to impersonate Mike Render, Miss would speak like a real slow talking Morris because oh Miss Cav- McNeely, <laughs> He would literally go like, Hi, I'm
1: Mike. And I'm always slow to react. Because oh I'm out ethics and I pull it in. Don't I? And I the hate whole time. Him.
2: Like imagine there's like the clattering of the ventriloquist dummy mouth. Right. Like <laughs> wow. In fact, Miscavige once described Rinder in front of a large group of high ranking Scientologists as being the spawn of an R-worded sloth's DNA. Whoa,
1: hey no, whoa. <laughs> These are these worded slots, need to be able to reproduce. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but remember, this is how we're, the way we're talking about this is the ramp up. Yeah. Because right? as after Lisa F- McPherson happened, this is when things started getting more and more crazy. Yeah. Because obviously he's been slapping and beating people and crossbodying people this whole and time. Doing it forever, yeah. But now it's really starting to get fucking
2: weird. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You got the blood on the hands. Fly
3: right from your grave.
2: Hey. four-foot lengths of copper wire into the ground in front of a conference room. This, he said, would prevent Rinder's body thetans from jumping off and landing on Miscavige. Perfect. It's the Scientological equivalent of bullying someone for having cooties.
1: Well, this is is why he's punishing the executive staff, right? He's punishing the executive staff because they're not doing right. The reason why Scientology is getting all this heat is because you guys are all fucking up. It's not because we're a corrupt organization. It's because you guys are all fucking up and you are keeping... Now it's splashing on to me.
2: Yeah. When it came to everyone else, though, Miscavige's favorite blanket insult was pie face. Yeah, because people
1: would fall asleep. Yeah.
2: Or in some cases, according to Mike Rinder, you motherfucking pie-faced piece of dog shit. Mm. Whoa. Someone was pie faced in Miscavige's world when they stared at him in silence and terror when he asked a question with no possible right answer, which everyone, he did quite often.
1: Oh, yeah, there's idea. Because he, he would give you a bunch of questions, and then everything would be wrong. Everything would be wrong. Whatever yeah. you said was wrong.
2: And Pie-Faced was a face with no expression. So to drive his point home, he started bringing white paper plates and magic markers to meetings. And using his kindergarten arts and craft skills, David would draw approximations of smiley faces oh. on the plates. But he'd use a straight line instead of a grin for the mouth. It's an it, emoji. Yeah, a blank, yeah. blank
1: expression. You it's, can't see it, but...
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's an emoji. It sounds like
1: at
0: any time he might try to buy Twitter. <laughs>
1: I'm surprised he yes. hasn't tried to do it yet. Yeah.
2: Take him down a peg. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. He would then pass these little makeshift masks around and make every executive hold the plates in front of their faces while he spoke. Because in his words, he'd rather look at those pie faces instead of their actual pie faces. Well, now who wouldn't want to look at a pie face anyway? I someone mean, actually
0: had pie for face.
1: Yeah, that would be very interesting <laughs> and also awesome. distressing. I feel like I'd cry. Mm-hmm. Because if I saw a man yeah. with an actual pie for a head, at first I would be like, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh, cool. But the other part of me, would be like, what else is me? Mm-hmm. What else is yeah. me? Mm-hmm.
2: It's all going to start falling apart from there. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this holding of the pie face would sometimes go on for days at a time during any and all interactions the executives had with David Miscavige. So they had to carry around their fucking paper plates, and any time they talked to David, boom. Put the pie face on. You don't want to put that on there. I would be a Tres Leche pie.
1: Oh, cute. But he, oh, nice. he would grow bored of his punishments too, though. Yeah. then he'd go to the next thing and there'd be another new horrible thing as and it's going to escalate.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is all he thought about when he was drinking Macallan, listening to Michael Jackson, Just filled with watching rage. Goodfellas. He,
1: I guess that's the only consolation that we can have is that he doesn't have a happy day. No. Like no, he's never. sitting in the, a lap of total luxury as a God amongst his people. And he is miserable.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Certain I mean, less than that, I guess. I
2: mean, eventually his rage would subside. And usually executives learn that you could mollify David Miscavige by giving him what they called standing O's during his little speeches that he'd make throughout the day that were about God knows what. Ideal
1: orgs, uh, how definitely OT9's coming, Mm -hmm. all that horseshit just over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. How
2: Scientology can change the world, so on and so forth. How
1: we are changing the world using a bunch of propaganda that isn't real, like a bunch of fake uh, concepts and like, you know, like we're going to end meanwhile just buying real estate.
2: Yeah. One time, when the applause wasn't enough, Miscavige ordered other executives to throw Render, Ebert, and Sevre into a near-free well, this is based off a real LRH
1: punishment. One mm-hmm. of the ones that he did, but he did it as like, it was a punishment and a quote-unquote thought exercise where he's like, I want to see if you all Like, he was dealing with a bunch of people that were that were not auditing correctly, and he's like, we're going to do a danger test. And he's going to put them all, and they tied them all up and then pushed them over the edge <laughs> of the boat. This is when he was on the oh. Apollo mm-hmm. and pushed them over the edge of the boat, and then they had to go fish him out. But he's like, and what did we learn? <laughs> <laughs> to not jump off a boat don't right? jump off a boat don't <laughs> do it we learn
2: don't jump off the boat lesson learned yeah okay but the thing about all this is that it was unsustainably chaotic if you're gonna run a punishment cult then you gotta have rules and you definitely need terrifying locations of concentrated punishment you need sweat boxes well, oh
0: yeah uh, yeah sure
2: so in january of 2004 perhaps as a new year's resolution. Miscavige began codifying Scientology punishments for four executives that were very loosely based on a policy letter written by LRH about how to deal with suppressive persons. So that is interesting. Not all New Year's resolutions have to be good. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) How do I make people more miserable? I Mm -hmm. love having a New Year's desecration. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's more what I do. I like bring. How do I bring the world down a peg?
0: 2022, I was too nice to people.
2: Yeah, 2023. Let's be meaner. I'm gonna ump the grid. Yeah. See, in Hubbard's letter, he listed steps A, B, C, D, and E for dealing with SPs. But Miscavige used these steps to create the A to E room. It's the-
1: <laughs> <laughs> only half of my first season of my show.
2: I help. know. Well, A to E. E sat. Ha- e was halfway to M. Huh? Where were y'all at E? Huh? Where? I where, think where like, the was the show? Was the word
1: E is for excellence. <laughs> Yes, that's for Murder Fist. Uh, so. Yes, that was for Murder Fist. He yeah, like yes. is for energy so. drinks or something. <laughs> yeah. It mm. was a bad show. But Ben Feldman's very charming. He is. And so is yeah. Kristen Muglieland. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> and so are you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thank really you successful. Fucking, thank you for just some one person. Singing. Well,
2: the nice thing is about this series, it's only going to help your career in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. This would be great. Well, the first subjects of the ATE room were, of course, Scientology executives, because they'd all been declared suppressive people who were out to destroy Scientology from the inside because they weren't doing their jobs. Jesus, it's a lot. Going through the steps, these executives had to audit, they had to recant their supposed suppressive acts in detail, or they had to make something up. Or they always were making something up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, What are they even doing wrong? Nothing.
2: They're working themselves to death. Yeah. They had to pay debts to Scientology, commensurate to their misdeeds, and they had to redo all All Scientology courses from the bottom up, regardless of their OT level. Oh, you got to do it all over again. I do a
1: little bit of, I have a little bit of satisfaction in the fact that at least these guys were also the ones administering punishments to other people. Mm -hmm. But again, the term we keep saying, shit rolls downhill, is that then they were making everything worse for everybody below them. Yeah, just seems horrible.
2: But while the A to E room was psychologically grueling, it was nothing compared to the next phase of Scientology punishment. Amidst a slew of mocking comedy routines and bad press from the outside world, David Miscavige created the Hole. Ooh,
0: oh, that could be fun. It could be, honey. Do you want to go to the newest restaurant called the Hole tonight?
1: Yeah. I Wanted to go to the house yeah. They think maybe I can sit in the bucket and they can put cold water on my head. Yeah,
0: I think they can, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave me there. <laughs> All right. Please
1: leave me there. <laughs> yes,
2: I'm sorry. Now bad Scientology Press doesn't really matter to insiders when it comes to fucking with their belief because those already ensconced in Scientology, they're conditioned to think that everyone outside of their bubble are so-called chaos merchants spreading uh-huh. lies. Yes, dude, yeah. Chaos Merchants. Oh, we're Ah. prime examples of Chaos Merchants. We're CMs. Again, far too cool of a term. Yeah. It sounds like a fucking Iron Maiden song. It makes me want to do it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and there's nothing cooler than Iron Maiden for the kids out there, they were a band.
1: <laughs> hey, it is cool. It is cool. Yeah, they
0: don't
1: get it. <laughs> Paris Hilton was wearing like an Iron Maiden shirt. That's stolen. Stolen. She ballad. does
0: not know one Iron Maiden song.
2: Oh, don't don't get into that whole hole about that you don't, don't know three. You don't
0: when. know. You were name three bands. Name, <laughs> name three. three so, name three songs from the band. If I wear a band shirt, you should be able to name three songs from the band.
1: It sometimes keeps you from buying a cool shirt.
0: I do it all the time. I I don't do it all the time.
2: Just buy the shirt. Who gives a no. shit? No Why? because no, then you get you're your liar. Card. no, no gate- gate- you're no No gatekeeping, my friend. No gatekeeping. I'm not gatekeeping. You just can say, we can
1: all say no gatekeeping, gate- 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 all we want, but there's gates everywhere. <laughs> and there's that somebody keeping them.
2: That is true. Bad press, however, did matter to David Miscavige personally. See, in my reading, Miscavige had turned Scientology into an extension of himself. So any attack against Scientology was a personal attack against David Miscavige. Yes. wow. And like a childhood bully who gets beat at home, then takes it out on the kids at school, so too did David Miscavige take a particularly hard one-two punch from South Park and Rolling Stone in 2005 and 2006. Hmm. This was then transferred to those in his immediate circle who in turn transferred it to everyone around them. Now, around the same time as a particularly negative article in Rolling Stone and about a year after the South Park episode, David Miscavige sort of lost it when it came to punishments. He was presumably convinced that everything was falling apart, not because Scientology is an impossible scam to run in the modern world, what with the internet and all, but because the people around him Must have betrayed him somehow, either either on purpose or through their incompetence. He's put himself in his own bubble, too, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Of course. But on the other hand, Miscavige might have also realized that the days of recruitment were over, so he'd better keep the ones he had using the only tactics he was capable of using fear, intimidation, and cruelty. Those are his only tool sets. And
1: this was about the time period where they were selling to their own people, like, make sure you get your kids into, Yeah. Like, this was a, like... that Because, the, again, they couldn't... They weren't getting strangers anymore. They were just trying to be like, now that you're having kids, make sure we pull them into the ranch. We pull them all these, like, childhood education centers for Scientologist children.
0: So it's like a black hole eating itself.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: And that's all that there is. And so you got to keep it... got to get it strong. Up you got to get it routine. strong. Always. And so... Miss Cavitch designated a punishment center on gold base in the Commodore's Messenger Office office, which was labeled with a carved wooden sign that simply said "The Hole." It could at least been called like "Le Hole." Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> make it French yeah. and, so they, and it, give it us like a super cool metal sign. Like yeah. give it, give it something that has yeah. some edge to it, not a carved wooden sign. You yeah. have fallen into the
1: hole. Like <laughs> yeah. that's sweet. But yeah, it's not a record job.
2: No. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately. Put the lotion on the skin or you get the, the bone again.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. No, you the, don't hose, need the hose, the we hose. You don't need, don't need to again. know every reference. No. You know what I mean, It's no. nice.
2: Now, once you entered the building that became known as the Hole, you would find that three out of the four doors to the building were obviously locked and barred shut, and the windows were screwed down so that they couldn't open more than two inches. There was also no air conditioning. Remember, this place existed in the California desert. Mm. But if the heat got too claustrophobic, there would be no escape because your fellow Scientologists would be posted outside the door at all times on guard duty. And by the way, those would also be lower ranking Scientologists than you. You're an executive. There's a Mm. Sea Org teenager out there pushing you in the face and get the fuck back inside.
1: There is this, there's the added angle of that where there's a lot of, Rinder talks about that. A lot of times your direct supervisor, your auditor would be a child would be a 16 year old that would like scary, show up dude. and they're because again cuz 16 year olds don't understand you know they're they're young they don't know right. that like that they are they're given this power yeah and then they can just whack you with
2: it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also the hole you had no idea how long you were going to be there you're going to the hole how long as long as it takes. Well, it's already, because
1: honestly, at this point, Rinder and the uh, top executives are used to being bumped down at RPF and bumped back and forth and stuff, but this was like, so when they this whole thing first started happening, they're like, oh, you know, like it'll be anything like that. We'll go in and we'll you you go in, do your time, get out. But uh, it seemed like as soon as you got in the hole, it was extremely difficult to get out.
2: Yeah. But part of the genius of the hole is that from what it seems, Miscavige again made an evil corporate masterstroke by making the whole. An executive punishment. It's like you have an executive dining room or an executive bathroom. And this turns the whole, on a subconscious level, into a privilege. Yeah. You are just high enough to be punished this hard. Sweet. (laughs) And so, to inaugurate the whole, Miscavige sentenced 40 executives, male and female both, to an indeterminate amount of time. In the hole, they ate leftovers from the already meager offerings from the main cafeteria, the 75-cent meals. And they would not only get the 75-cent meals, they would get the leftover rice and boiled beans that was already somebody else's punishment. These are like, these are people that at
1: one point, yeah, these are the leaders of the church.
2: Yeah. Showers like it was back on the Apollo during LRH's Sea Org days, they would last 30 seconds and they would only be allowed every few days. After they were done with the shower, they'd put on one of two dark blue shirts that they'd been issued, along with one of two pairs of teeny tiny shorts. Uh-huh.
0: And what's the point of this again?
2: Again, it gets you out of, you have no personal, you have like, you, we're
1: taking away anything that is you. Yeah. We're taking it all away and we're making you an autonomous, like, little, like, punishment bot in this room.
0: So, like, South Park made an episode, then Rolling Stone made an
2: article, and now you're in the hole. Yes, Basically. That's exactly it. Yep. Okay. Now ostensibly the whole point of the whole was for the prisoners to come clean and confess to the crimes they were supposed to have committed against the church, LRH and most importantly David himself. Oh. As such the whole devolved into something very much like Sinon's game. After six mm. weeks, these executives have been reduced to sitting around a conference table accusing everyone of anything they might be guilty of, using whatever weird Scientology speak they might have at their disposal. You're out, ethics. Yes. Wow, Wendy, we know for a fact
0: you queefed.
2: You <laughs> queefed around David, didn't you, and Wendy? And you brought that
0: queef in. And you brought that queef in, didn't you?
2: And of course, when someone could get someone else to admit to something they may or may not have done, yep. really didn't matter if no. they did it or not, Right. they could show Miscavige... Hey, I'm on your side. I got them to admit to something, and the more that you show Miscavige that you're on his side, the less time you spend in the hole. Or you, th- or so you think. Yeah, so Kay. you fi- so you might figure you. You this is what you
1: think might be you're like the game trying, well, because I you're could. trying to figure out what the game is. Yeah, because every other yeah. like punishment has had like some kind of like structure where you're supposed to kind of like because like how LRH used to work, do rundowns mm-hmm. and tech. David Miscavige is kind of using the punishments as his own version of Scientological lessons, where mm-hmm. it's all like, but it's more like, how do I figure out what David wants mm-hmm. from me yeah. for this sequence to end? I can also the see, whole, he saw no end sequence.
0: I could also see someone being like, David, I'm on your side 100% got all this stuff, and him just being like,
1: pussy, you're a pussy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The what whole point is that they, you were
0: supposed to stand up for yourself. Yeah, ah! and like, <laughs> ah!
1: but that is literally that is right down the, the the pipe yeah and you know
0: i know vince mcmahon he's no david miscavige uh but that's what he would also do sometimes gives people horrible gimmicks horrible characters and really you should have told me no you should have told me no and this is why they would say if you audition for wwe never tell him you have a talent because he'll make you do it and that darren draws off he was like you can puke on command now, you're puke. and now you're now every time you wrestle, you're gonna have to fake puke oh, so you gotta be very careful yes. with these kinds of people.
1: You have to be careful who Vincent you. The same. You have to be well. careful who you pretend to be because we are who we pretend to be. Shut well. we all Kurt wear different your night. Yeah, <laughs> Mother <know>. night, <laughs> do you remember Mother night? Uh, I Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs>
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Ben, the way you're talking, I mean, it is, they are actually very similar. They're just both CEOs. That's all this is. This is all right. CEO, horrible, like, I mean, manipulative 80s tactics. Like, like, stand these up are,
0: for yourself as they're just beating you
2: beating down. you Stand up. Yeah. up for yourself. Why are you hitting
1: yourself? Yeah. Right.
2: Well, the genesis for all this, though, it was not the game, at least as far as, you know, accusing other people of bullshit went. The genesis was an old L. Ron Hubbard trick from back when Scientology left only financial, emotional, and psychological scars. Yeah, the, the OG
1: scars. Yeah. yeah.
2: Hubbard's scattershot accusation tactic was called the murder routine.
1: God, he was good at names, mm-hmm. man. I guess. Yeah. I just love, I I love that kind of shit. No. The all right, murder yeah. routine. I yeah. just like that. Yeah, that's the only thing. That's the thing. It's again. That's yeah. what gets you. yeah right, it's fun. I love it. Like it's <laughs> just,
2: it feels like all right. It's time for the murder, murder routine. routine.
1: <laughs> like oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow, wow, you, not Vaughn, the, Bill. you could see the sparkle in his eyes. Just like it's called the murder <laughs> routine. As he's like selling it, and we're like, yeah. he just loved this little idea My yeah. right. right. God, it caused
2: so much damage. <laughs> it really did. Well, basically, if you're trying to get someone to confess to something and they're refusing to confess, you accuse them of doing something far worse than mm-hmm. what you're trying to get them to confess to. Oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it seems to work with certain political spheres really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hubbard's example was that if you wanted to get someone to confess to cheating on their wife, you instead accuse them of murdering their wife. Got it. And the idea is that if you called someone a murderer over and over and over again, they'd eventually say, "Hey, I might be a cheater, but I'm not a murderer." And it's like, no. ah, yeah.
3: oh, there's a whole. Whoa. Whoa. They try
1: to do it on the offensive. In the Murdoch trial, we talked about this today. The, the a couple of days inside side stories, and they fucking got him. But they try to say like. He shit his pants in the car. Like he made this Can whole thing. Imagine? Like how honest it was. You see, he shit his pants. He was. He, but would we tell you this mm-hmm. if he was a murderer? No, he's a sick. <laughs> yeah. He's a sick man. He said, "Who amongst us has been shat our pant?" Yeah, I yeah. only did it the the one time, but I was at work.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: that doesn't count. Although it does. It's I okay. was also at work. Yeah, I say so. shit on company time. Yes, indeed.
0: Okay.
2: On <laughs> David Miscavige's Scientology, however, this stream of accusations got very aggressive. Very quickly. Hmm. The sessions soon devolved into fistfights and bizarre physical assaults, like what happened with Debbie Cook, the former head of FLAG. See, since Hmm. Debbie Cook was a FLAG-based person, she was based in Clearwater down in Florida, she wasn't familiar with the strange world of gold base in okay. California. Like I said, everything is so completely oh, yeah. compartmentalized here.
1: And flags, nice. Yeah. In terms of like, obviously you're working hard a lot of time. You're probably living in a new shitty apartment and doing all that kind of stuff. You are in Clearwater, Florida, so it's yeah, got it's it's yeah. not a beautiful beach, but you're not allowed to go. But yeah, but you're right next to Tampa Bay. Yeah, it's nice. It's a you know? pretty town. <laughs> <But laughs> you got
2: married over there. It was It's very, was it's very nice. Yeah, and and you they, go to O. J. Simpson's favorite bar. It's I, all anytime, right there. Holtkogin. Yeah, it was his St. favorite Petersburg, bar. Yeah. He, who
1: did uh, who Hulk who threw hurricane parties outside of his own Clearwater bar because he was like, this hey brother, these hurricanes are pussies brother. Yep. And then he literally like threw like it was DJ Skrillex oh. or Skrillex, DJ Skrillex uh-huh. that h- held rave parties during an active hurricane where people were dying. Um, Florida has got it me.
2: Have fun with it. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. Debbie Cook, she's coming from Clearwater, Florida. She's coming to Gold Base in California. And When she got to the hole, she didn't know the rules oh, of no. the game. Namely, she didn't know the most important rule, which was always agree with David.
1: Oh, yeah. And oh. you know what you definitely don't do is you never laugh at David. No. That's a, that is a thing I've learned sometimes when you meet someone who's truly self-serious. I've had that. I was oh, There was yeah. one job I did where the director... Like, I don't want to, like, it was really intense, but they were all like. Martin Scorsese. It, what, it, yes. <laughs> was very mad. He did, he said something really, like, crazy. Like, I, like, it was like, and I, I laughed, and someone grabbed me. He's like, don't laugh. Don't laugh at him. And it was just like, oh, I thought he was, like, joking. He's like, he's not, he's not joking. And it's like, David Miscavige was like that. Cause again, yeah. the Pipe, these routines, he do these things. If you laugh too, mm-hmm. he'd fucking Flip out. Yeah. But, but he's, he's doing his, ventriloquism. It's he's funny. the only one who's supposed to think it's funny. But you know? I don't know if he thinks it's funny. I think he's a very deadly serious man. And yeah. if he's laughing, you are not in a good spot.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll actually get a here in a bit to what makes David Miscavige laugh. Uh oh. Well, Miscavige, with Debbie Cook, he tried to get her to say, for whatever reason, that two other Scientology executives, including the Frenchman we talked about earlier, he tried to get her to say that they told her that they were sucking each other's, quote-unquote, sucking each other's cocks. They're
1: sucking each other's cocks!
2: Oh! But it's not just that, like oh, you do not, like, it's that no. they told you that they were sucking each other's cocks. And, you, and I, held, you withheld that. Yeah, and I need you to tell me that they told you that they suck each other's cocks. Mm, yeah, real slow, too, when you tell me. <laughs> now, David Miscavige loved homophobic insults more than any other sort of insult. Yes. And one might say that he is oddly preoccupied with the said sucking of cocks Ooh. and the licking of balls oh. and so on and so forth. He really, Strange. really,
1: like, was obsessed with it.
2: Yeah. It, yeah, he might have wanted it. Yeah, it's like in uh, Trailer Park Boys. Uh, You know how Jim Leahy, every single insult (laughs) has to do with shit? It's the same thing with David Miscavige and Dick and Balls. All right. But one time, for example, Mike Rinder got a text from David Miscavige that just said Y-S-C-O-H-B. It's just an acronym. And Rinder had to sit there and decipher it. And finally... After working on it, like it's a fucking end of Dr. Strangelove. He, advised, uh, he thought yeah. it was like a secret lesson. Yeah, after like he's sitting there, he's got a piece of paper out. He's trying to figure out what Y's S-C-O-H-B means. And finally, he translated it to you suck cocks on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. Oh. And then David
1: Miscavige would go to use that at the end of every one of his emails to render from then on. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's cut again. <laughs> I let it a little chuckle, yeah. no, but I also know that. Yeah, but you're also like, ah, wow. Yeah, I love a random acronym. Yeah, I, I think well, technically, what is it an acronym? That it has to say then it has to say a
2: word. I yeah, think. it does. Yeah, because yes, y- yeah, y- it's, it's just initials. Yeah, you scope. Yeah, it's it's not an acronym. You're right. Yep. You're correct. Yep. Yep. Fine. <laughs> Take it in, buddy. Victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> but when Debbie Cook was faced with this bizarre homophobia in the hole. She didn't know what she was supposed to do. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, they talk about sucking each other's cocks all the time. That's all all they talk. That's not even that. That's all they do. It's all they talk about. They told me about it, of course. Instead, she told the truth. She thinks, oh, no, that's weird. No, these guys don't suck cocks all the time. They They never said anything about that. They never say anything about that because I I know they don't suck cocks.
1: Honestly, I feel like even just saying S and a C would like (laughs) register with me, you know, like, because I've never really even heard two men aggressively talking. Like out loud about sucking each other's penises, because largely I feel like they do that at home. They love each other. I, I don't know. I don't know what they. You don't need to yell at each other.
2: Sounds like someone who needs to be in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> but her saying they never told me that that contradicted what Miss was saying. Made call him look like a liar? fool. You call yeah. me a
1: fucking liar.
2: Mm-hmm. Therefore, Miss mm. transferred his ire from the two cocksuckers, so-called cocksuckers, to Debbie, calling her a liar. You call me a liar. You're a fucking liar. Nah. I'm rubber. Yeah. I'm the fucking rubber motherfucker.
1: Whoa. Yeah. You're the
2: fucking glue fucking bitch.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Whoa, anything you say sticks to me. Fuck you. Okay.
1: <laughs> Sucking cocks on Hollywood Boulevard.
2: I would. I mean, sure. She was now the one who had transgressed. Now she was the one who needed to confess. Ms. So Cavett, what? Well, Miss Cavage said, it's obvious that you're lying. And it's obvious that you're covering for these two cocksuckers. And therefore, if you're covering for these men who suck cocks, then you must also be gay as well because you're all in it together. You're
1: a cabal. Mm -hmm. So she's a pussy licker.
2: Yes. Yep. And so Miscavige let loose the rest of the executives who were all too eager to heap abuse on someone else. That was another feature of the whole is that once Miscavige gave yeah. everyone a target, everyone was relieved that it wasn't sure. then. You so they, therefore, they fucking go with the other person.
0: But now I guess it all comes together when it comes to people like the Maverick um, or John Travolta, when it comes to them being gay, perhaps. Oh, yeah, well, you know, idea- how, why Scientology truly did think that was so bad.
1: And why oh, they're, they're like, deeply oh, once homophobic. once you told me that, yeah,
0: then we know we have something as opposed to like who? No one cares. That yeah. was yeah,
1: the LRH was deeply homophobic, okay. and David because yeah. you know he he uh, his his son came out and he disavowed his son and yeah. all oh. that shit. And David Miscavige is right off all. I think that he actually ups it.
2: He does. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. Okay,
0: that's interesting.
2: Well, as a result of all this, Debbie Cook was made to wear a sign around her neck that said lesbian, and they forced her to stand in a trash can.
0: Was it Dick's Last Resort? Yeah, it is close.
2: Yeah. And all the rest of the executives sat around hurling insults at her. They poured water on her head. Uh, but this wasn't the first it's nor the- It's a fucking
0: th- hate crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: This wasn't the first nor the last time something like this happened to an executive. But the executives soon began to realize that the only way out of the hole was to lie. Of course. But lie in just the right way. How? They just had to fucking uh, trial and error. Yep. Turtles are fast. (laughs) (laughs) Fisher dry. You're heading
1: into 1984 territory, but that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Where you like, they, they it's why there was a mass exodus right after this time period. Yeah. Because this is just stripping. Any single thing that you thought was legitimate about what you were doing there is currently being systematically ripped from you. Yeah. In the hole, because you realize like it's not about ethics, it's not about you going clear, it's not about the right. meter. It's like now we're just like, oh, now we're prisoners.
2: Yeah, I and mean, mm. what LRH always realizes is that you got to keep them just confused enough. Like you got to keep them just confused enough, and to have them like, okay, I think I understand. But with yeah. David Miscavige, it's just pure well, confusion Again, and terror and chaos. Benefits
1: yeah. over the punishments. At some point. They do have to equalize LRH kind of understood the, a little bit in, his, in, in terms of creating the a religion is that you must create things like what are we giving you mm-hmm. that is allowing you to take the negatives? Like, yes. what are we providing that's good? Like, and for a while, it, it like he was feeding people and they used to celebrate Christmas, like Christmas and New Year's Eve were Christmas. like huge times for Tyentology. yeah Miscavige stopped all that. He used wow. to do like, there were things that he used to kind of put mechanisms in place that made it kind of feel like a funny, kooky place to be a little bit. Yeah. But David Miscavige just eliminated all of the, the. I mean, like, whatever fun that was there before, yeah. whatever good was there before is like gone. It's like Which, the, and
0: it was very little before. The Catholic Church, perhaps there was a situation with your priest as a child, but Think about all the free wine. <laughs> That's
1: what they I mean that is kind of what they, <laughs> they say. They give you bread, they give you some counseling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Live from your brain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life how much i need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as i wake up and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors big and small some people are presidents some people are soldiers some people have to eat mayonnaise especially with hard-boiled eggs which is what i eat for lunch but i guess i should share that in therapy because the therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pod today. To get 10% off your first month That's better help H-E-L-P dot com
2: Slash last pod But the thing is that lying Sometimes wasn't an option And sometimes things went way too fucking far Cause every once in a while David Miscavige would ratchet the psychological Torture up to I'd say a 7 Okay, That's 7 or 8 is about as High as, as, yeah. as, as he possibly could get Yeah like what's 10 Rock
0: right? <laughs> that's a, ten, right? that's yeah. a top. Maybe yeah. Rock
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 That's a 10. Yeah. yeah. But in David Miscavige's case, his seven was the infamous musical chairs game.
1: Yeah. It's in the Going Clear
2: documentary, yes. which is yeah. still great. Yeah. yeah watch that. Yeah. Let's revisit it one more time, just for those of you who haven't seen Going Clear. After gathering up his favorite punching bags, Miscavige told them all that they were going to play a game of musical chairs. They're going to use Bohemian Rhapsody as the song. Oh, fun. The last one left, he said, would be allowed to leave the hole. But true to form, this was not just about a reward for one person. Rather, it was about the psychological torture of them all. Miscavige told them that everyone who lost would almost immediately be separated from their families and shipped off to a far unknown destination. Meanwhile, all of their families had already
1: been absolutely decimated. Mike Rinder's family was torn apart. I mean, he let it, but, you know, now he knows. But his family was torn apart. He hadn't seen his kids... For like a decade. Yeah. You know, he hadn't seen his parents. He had, they were all in Scientology. And they, mm-hmm. they, so it's like, even that's an empty threat.
2: Yeah. But to make it all the more concrete, Miscavige even rented moving trucks and parked them outside of the building. But of course, none of it was real. The threats were empty and nobody was told this until the game was over. Mm-hmm. But he did make everybody sit there and think about it. You are going. You are leaving. You are going to be sent somewhere even worse than this place right here, and you'll never see your fucking family ever again. And it was really about David Miscavige's pleasure. That's what they said. Is that he sat and looked on. He orchestrated this whole thing with a sort of glee. He's so. I'm just. I think he's a little psycho.
1: I'm gonna put (laughs) the here, so you can see. Uh, uh, Mark. Headly on his account, on his Blown for Good YouTube page, he put a bunch of listed nicknames he had from the Sea Orc for David Miscavige. And one of my favorite was Captain Dungy Miss Leadervich. And then there's. <laughs> uh, rolls off the tongue. Captain Fucktard, <laughs> Captain God. Foot Bullet, Clam King. Chunky head, dainty miss, dainty scabby bitch. Oh, oh, yeah, I actually really wow. like. I like dainty scabby bitch damage,
2: damage, mismanage. Yeah, damage, mismanage is great. What was yeah. that first one? Dainty bungled, dainty butt? scabby bitch. Oh,
0: very good.
2: <laughs> yeah, chicken of the board. Whoa, Whoa. chicken of the
0: board. <laughs> nice.
2: Now, even though the psychological torture was intense, there was also room to prove to David that you were loyal because more executives were arriving all the time. And of course, when they came in, they didn't know what the fuck was going on. At its peak, it's estimated the whole held 140 people. Dang, yeah. that's
1: a
0: big asshole.
1: Oh yeah, man. And it was just, and it was, it started as trailers attached to each other, and then he right. moved into this building. He just made mm-hmm. it this like fucking building, and it's this ramshackle piece of shit.
0: Right in they the middle a, of the desert. That's where the reenactment from, I believe that was my Scientology movie yes. does that full
2: reenactment, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Everyone suffered from a lack of sleep and nutrition, and everyone had to live in fear of the possibility that anyone could slap, punch, or kick them at any time. But there were also the far stranger physical punishments. One particularly weird punishment was when executives would be made to crawl around on the conference room floor on their hands and knees for hours at a time. This was industrial carpet. This isn't the nice shag carpet we have here at the studio. Humble brag. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, this nice 1983 shag carpet that Nice we have and here. thick. <laughs> nice. Good yeah. heat building. Yeah. But anyway, it's, it's industrial carpet. It's horrible. Like it's made to just be, it's made to fucking do whatever you want to on it. It's not right. made to be nice. But it would cover them in fucking in, in rug burns. Well, yeah. they're wearing shorts. So they're going around on their hands and knees and it's not fatal, but it is excruciatingly painful it Sucks because they make them do it day after day. You do it all day long. And then before scabs could form on your knees, you had to do it again the next day. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Mike Rinder, it's, he said he still has scars on his knees from going through at least half a dozen rounds of this.
0: Wow.
2: And when it came to the abuse Rinder suffered, he seemed to be David Miscavige's favorite person to pile on. On possibly the worst day Rinder had, Marty Rathbun physically attacked him to try to get him to come clean. Rathbun was particularly angry because he'd been thrown in the hole because he had failed to get Mike Rinder to come clean when he was on the outside. So he uh. got put in the hole to like, okay, you can't do it from the outside you fucking go in the hole and you do it from in there. And Marty Rathbun's
1: fucking scary, too. He's another one that was the head. Like, he's very fucking scary. But what do they want
2: Rinder to say? I fucked up. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Like, I fucked up. There's nothing he could have said. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, because he was truly David Miscavige's, like, he was the biggest target. So Rathbun went in there. He sat on Rinder's chest. He put his hands around Rinder's throat and led a mob of Scientology executives in a chant that went, Come clean, Render. Come clean, Render. He even had his fucking wife joining in. Well, that's Calm, what destroyed, clean, Render. That's destroyed Jesus. their relationship. Is when,
1: he realized, when his wife joined in and he was like, oh shit. This yeah. is really like one for one. Like no one is backing up anybody. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's bad. But in one of his first moments of clarity, as Rathbun sat on his chest, Render whispered, Marty, I don't want to play this game anymore. Incredibly, Rathbun agreed and said, "Me neither." They literally like had to go where they were. Furious,
1: like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Even yeah. scavaged from underneath them. Furious,
2: <laughs> yeah. He's sitting there he's like I don't
1: want to play this fucking game anymore.
2: And uh, like there was, they both snapped out of it for
1: just a second. Yeah, like I don't either. They realize it's like they've just been driven completely insane, yeah. and it's why it's so difficult to come out of it because mm-hmm. of the things that you have done while inside of it. Right, Somebody else's fucking attack dog over garbage, also, over absolute nothing. Literally, yeah. there's there's no substance to it. Yeah. Right. There's also something
0: so juvenile about it. Yes. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah. We're yeah. All,
1: they're all like 50.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It's meaningless. Yeah. Well, Rathbun was let out of the hole a few days later, and despite the fact that he'd been in Miscavige's inner circle since the mid '80s, he was one of the scary big ones. He escaped Scientology for good. He just got on a motorcycle and, and left. Well, this is the Kinda thing cool. too. Yeah. This is
1: where, like, we'll get into the when you get into the argument of like what's the difference between a cult and a religion. And I think that if you have to do things like one of the secretaries had to hide in the. Trunk of a delivery man's car to right. get out. The fact that Mark Headley, Mark Headley, when he left, he was run off the road by security officers, and he right. was not saved until a police officer came and got him. Like these are the things. Mike Rinder had to leave in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. just with right. a cell phone, whatever was on his body, whatever files he could abscond with to at least prove something like at least say like hey there's something's happening inside of it without being noticed but yeah he's they had a run mm-hmm. i mean say what you want about the protestants but
0: they don't want you no no <laughs> you know, so there's like most churches are just like you better fuck we'll kick you out right now do. yeah yeah
1: they want you to like yeah but that's feel like again what are we fighting for you
2: yeah that's crazy well as far as other executives who got pushed too far an executive named tom Devot, around the same time Snapped in the hole while the rest of the executives were attacking him. Tom screamed that Miss Cavit was an insane SP <gasps> and that they were all as nuts as oh, David. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, they did that. It's the worst thing he could possibly say. Yes. And while you'd think this would garner the worst punishment possible for Devott, he was instead taken out of the hole lest he start convincing others. He passed the
1: test. <laughs> he did. Well, he probably got put wherever the hell it was he was supposed to go. A bad
2: place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, But the spell was broken. You know, you get one guy in there, like one right. guy starts screaming that he's an insane SP. You, he keeps saying it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So they took him out of there. They put him into RPF, which before the hole was the worst place you could go for Scientology. They also brought out Mike Rinder. They fucking, they had Mark Rinder guard him. And then ultimately, Mike Render failed to keep Devot in Scientology. But when Devot left, Render began thinking, like, "Holy fuck! If Tom Devot can leave, maybe I can leave too." I I can can now leave. See those things
0: that
1: are right beneath you, your feet. I mean, (laughs) use them. It's
2: really difficult because what if they do go all the way? What if they like they got Mark
1: Edley? Really could have been
2: killed. Could have been killed by what they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Not too long after, Render escaped in England and eventually got a hold of Tom Devot. And Tom Devot invited Rinder to stay with him in Kissimmee, Florida. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Kissimmee, <laughs> kiss, me, yeah. kiss you. <laughs> oh, Italian, indeed, yes. Well, After Rinder convinced DeVot for sure that he wasn't a spy, he had to spend a couple of days saying like, no, 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 I'm out too. Yeah, you gotta sweatbox him. Yeah, sweat yeah. DeVot told him to go to the local blockbuster and rent every movie that you haven't seen for the last 20 years. Wow, interesting. Yeah, because wow. Scientologists aren't allowed to ingest pop culture. Well, anything you could
1: possibly...
0: Shake their belief system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing that bad, that uh, pool scene in Wild Things really I, Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got
2: intermulated. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, though, after gathering his thoughts, Rinder sent a letter to his wife asking her to escape too. I am out. Come join me. Bring the kids. Yeah. She quite literally told him to fuck off. Uh, and she added a PS in her letter telling him to fuck off uh, that she would send divorce papers soon and would quote, brief the kids. Oh, By yeah. 2008, Rinder had gotten a job as a used car salesman at a Toyota dealership in Virginia, and he was living a relatively normal life. Now, of course, his ex-wife, brother, and children, they kept sending him letters, telling him to kill himself, but oh. using, like, Scientology language, they told him that he should, quote, check out of this game and go sit on a rock for a few million years. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it just sounds wow. like space
1: jazz, but wow. it is
2: Scientology's <laughs> threats. Yeah. yeah, she wants me to be a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> They called him a quote overwhelmed implanted ev perp being. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, hey, whoa, wow. hey. Calm down. I now know we were getting this. I, seriously, deep guys. honestly, I
1: think a we lot even of those say this. We should, mm. yeah, that should be bleaked.
2: Mm-hmm. And they said that he was ninety five percent in the American Psychiatric Association camp. Oh, oddly, when Scientologists make this APA accusation, they always say ninety five percent and not a hundred, and no one knows why. It's because no one's a hundred percent of anything. Just, that's what right. I would say. Nobody's 100% of anything. Yeah,
1: 5% of views, probably cocksucker.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's mostly
2: semen. Yeah, that's true. But sometime later, Rinder discovered that Marty Rathbun had also escaped and was working as a reporter for a small local newspaper in South Texas. Huh. They both decided it was their duty to speak out against Scientology, and they've both been doing it ever since, even though Rinder claims that he's whistleblowing to, quote, save Hubbard's legacy he's walked that
1: back a little bit more now now that he's like way way out yeah. he's been way more talking about the, the what LRH was kind of a con man and so, and so like as I listened to the podcast because mm-hmm. he did a podcast with Leah Remini no. fair game and I was like and yeah. you can kind of see he really it takes a minute yeah of course it does they have man. the lessons leak out yeah when he your, wrote
2: his book he was still like Hubbard's legacy man Miscavige is evil and that's what I'm down for but yeah, yeah it's good to know I mean yeah it's good to know that he's come out of it even further. He's trying it's to, tough, dude. It's You're very on, difficult crawling mm-hmm.
1: on your hands and knees, you choking in for out your long. buddies, and I mean, also there is that weird psychosomatic effect of, for that some of the early training has. Like mm-hmm. people do have breakthroughs on some of these things,
2: but, but you know something has
1: to happen to keep you to at least get you there. Yeah, to begin
2: with. Yeah, and remember when people come out of those things, these these sorts of fucking horrible situations, welcome them. With open welcome. arms, yeah, welcome. welcome them. Like make sure that they have a place to escape to; otherwise, they're going to stay in and, and keep acting horribly. Understand
0: when you take them to a, a you know old country buffet, they're going to freak out. They're, they the they're going to be like, ah! beans, beans, rice, and beans. Ah! No, that's it's next to an enchilada, so that's good. You would like those rice and beans. I can't
1: eat a food that has food hidden within it
2: because I don't know what that inner food is. <laughs> it's a burrito. But while Rinder and Rathbun are the two highest ranking Scientology executives to speak out against Scientology, the most famous Scientologist in existence, a certain tough gun, Uh he still has not addressed the many crimes his religion has committed. In fact, he seems to be more devout than ever. And it would be fair to say that David Miscavige was, at many points in his life, one of his best friends. Lucky guy. I guess so. I'm talking, of course... About the subject of today's blind eye. Who is uh, it? Uh, who could it, it be? I am so gonna be shocked. Tom Cruise! Yay! Yay! Tom Cruise! TC, baby. Now, Tom Cruise and David Miscavige actually have a lot in common. By the age of 25, Tom Cruise had already starred in Risky Business and Top Gun, making him a massive movie star. Likewise, David Miscavige was de facto leading Scientology by the age of 25. And the two men are only about two years apart in age. I
1: wish that I could show you this picture. It's in a video of David Miscavige standing next to Tom Cruise. We joke about how Tom Cruise, like, towers over David Miscavige. (laughs) But he kind of fucking
0: does. Yeah, he's
1: kind well, of. is look, he wearing
0: the is he wearing the inner heel though?
1: I he might have had his legs longened. <laughs> like I'm not certain. But if you, it's this really weird, like it reminds me of the video. Do you remember when they they did the cell phone, the flip phone footage of Saddam Hussein getting hanged? Yeah, right uh, during that. I t-
0: love that footage. I every night. Every it's day. the only way I sleep.
1: Yeah, and so but it's like footage like that. It's a hand but, and you see like. Tom, like, it's him, like, doing actor hands while everyone's applauding. They're standing up and applauding him in a room because it's the right. day after his big birthday party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've if you've never seen the birthday party on the Free Wins for Tom Cruise footage. Look that up because it's Tom Cruise doing the... Like, he dances across uh, yeah. the stage. Everybody dances. Sure. But you see they're all laughing. David Miscavige is at fucking his, like, Shoulders wow. like that, Tom grew shoulders, and you see the guy filming and stuff. And then you say, Diva Miscavige, look right down the pipe at the cell phone camera and point at him. And you see the camera just like
2: zip that's scary. Well, to that point, both men are short, little hard bodies, even <clears throat> though. Tom Cruise is a bit m- a taller of a short little hard body, but both have naturally aggressive personalities. They both have that East Coast flair. Yeah. Tom yeah. does his own like me. stunts. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> I'm yeah. an East Coast guy. And you yeah. also,
2: you do your own stunts as well. Yep. body. Yeah. And both men love cars, motorcycles, and extreme sports. Now, in the mid-80s, Miscavige had been on the lookout for the right celebrity to be the face of Scientology because John Travolta's star had begun to rapidly fade after a long string of critical flops. Mm-hmm. Sure, did Staying Alive do well at the box office? Yes. Okay.
1: But it hasn't really held up well in the span of time.
2: No. And yeah. the movie that he did with Olivia Newton John right after, in which they were both angels?
1: Yeah. And then the movie he There's did. the boy in, which in the bubble.
2: There was the boy that. But that was before. That was when he was still on the way up.
1: She's not like the one. Remember that song? <laughs> You sing that music. song too? Yeah.
2: A lot of music. Mm, a lot, lot of music today, yeah. But right around the time that Travolta was saying yes to all these stinkers, the Golden Boy entered Scientology through a woman named Mimi Rogers. Ooh. Rogers, a born Scientologist, was Tom Cruise's first wife. Hmm. Her parents had joined back when it was just about Dianetics, but they'd left during the late 70s when things got weird. At least when they were starting to like. Infiltrate the IRS. I like that. I'm a little bit surprised that he didn't go with like a Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van, like,
1: Van Damme is very difficult to pin down. Yeah. Anybody that can split without having your balls like explode like <laughs> oh, that. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. very difficult. He's very under control.
0: Yeah. His perineum can stretch. Wow. I think mm. yes,
1: he was a very and he's also I think he was a very violent man. Mm.
2: No, just in the movies. He's a mean.
1: I actually don't know. I don't Matt. know.
2: I have no idea. I don't know. All um, right, but either way, he went with Cruz. You know what Tom Cruise's real name is? Tom, uh, Thomas Mapother. I think it's Mapother.
0: That sounds like a faker name than Tom Cruise. Hey, man, it's all
1: about transformation. Yeah. Magical transformation. LRH understood it. It's what you're supposed to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Mapother? Yeah, it's, it's like Thomas Mapother fourth. Yeah. Yeah, it's family. No woman would fantasize about Thomas Mapother. You've never seen
1: the hips of a Thomas Mapother. You don't know. You don't <laughs> it's know. It's Tom Cruise. He could be the most fantastic dancer outside of Delaware.
2: <laughs> now, I've seen him dance Well when Mimi's parents left She stayed in And she was quite the celebrity recruiter She also brought in Sonny Bono
0: This is flirty fishing
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interestingly though It took a bit for Miss Miscavige to actually hear That Tom Cruise was already in the church Miss Miscavige didn't bring him in He didn't target him He was just like Holy shit the guy from fucking Risky Business Is a Scientologist now? Wow. See, Mimi had brought Tom into the fold during the filming of Top Gun. Think about that the next time you watch Top Gun. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise actually credited Scientology with helping to cure his dyslexia. I think that he just found more people that will read him scripts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, of it, I don't know if it'll like, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I love letters upside down. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so, once Miss learned that, that's the not with dyslexia, is, by <laughs> the way. Oh okay.
1: shit! Letters and numbers? Uh, all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fr- fr-
0: really not understanding dyslexia.
1: <laughs> so that's okay. Gross misunderstanding. Gross I misunderstanding. ain't no doctor.
2: I'm a suppressive person. Oh, I see. I see. And so, once Miss Cavitch learned that Tom Cruise was a part of the church, he had Cruise brought to Gold Base. His top people were assigned to audit and supervise the man that Miscavige would one day affectionately refer to as T.C. Oh. Tom was happy, David was happy, and Mimi was happy. Yeah. But then came... Days of Thunder. Yeah, man.
0: Days of Thunder, very popular. Didn't it he have was. the Mountain Dew car?
2: No, man, but what happened was... Mellow,
1: yellow. Certain, Mellow yellow. Mellow card, Yellow car. that's right, yeah. No, it's when Australian beauty came walking in that life of his, mm-hmm.
2: and oh, yeah.
1: he knew he needed to hop up on a little stool because <laughs> he needed to get up inside that head. <laughs> yep, uh-huh. no
2: cold man he saw a movie called Dead Calm, mm-hmm. saw Nicole Kidman. He said, that woman is going to be my next wife. And he just went
1: into the TV screen and
2: grabbed her. That's mm-hmm. what
1: happens when you're a, a movie star. You actually can do that. So, yeah. Isn't
2: that weird? Well, he had enough star power by 1989 to say, go get Nicole Kidman. Put her in my next movie. Make her my love interest in this room, Vroom car movie I'm about to be in.
1: Yep. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. That's kind of hot. <laughs> like, right?
2: mellow oh. yellow. <laughs> That's right. Nice. Seeing a Hollywood power couple as an obvious asset to Scientology, Miscavige decided that it would be better for everyone if TC and Mimi got a divorce yeah. so Tom could be free to pursue Nicole Kidman. Listen, there's one thing I know. It's how to love.
1: <laughs> yeah. And how to maintain a relationship, Tom. All right? Because Scientologists, obviously, what we do best here is fix marriages. Mm-hmm. And I think the first way to fix your marriage, right, fucking blow it up right? <laughs> right we just gotta get rid of this one cause it's
2: bad so mm-hmm. we need to revamp well seemingly to introduce difficulties Cruz was all of a sudden telling Mimi that he planned on returning to his original ambition becoming a monk him and Scorsese <laughs> are very similar in the fact that he was very I, I, I wonder
1: because I also was obsessed with being like a priest when I was a little boy too yeah there's something it's connected to acting. We know what it is. With you want robes and power, and <laughs> all you like power. Stuff. You yeah, like necklaces, garb. All yeah, I love all that. Bones shit. of a saint and a table. I love, merch, table. Yeah, I love yes. all that shit. But it's like you, so you can see how like a super nerd like that because that's really all monk is, yeah. right? In a way, yeah. Would you a religious super nerd? Yeah, well, because I did, you think that you're fucking you can do it, right? Like you can you can touch the godhead, and I feel like that's the type of quality that's perfect for a Scientologist.
0: I yeah. did see a meme the other day, and it asked Buddha it said when you no this is true
1: i kinda help me do you asked think asked that the they buddha just, uh-huh. and
0: it said what did you learn when you meditated and what buddha said i learned nothing but what i lost anger frustration <laughs> selfishness <laughs>
1: just ego flutes.
2: <laughs>
0: so that's what did you learn oh, but it's not what you learn There's it's so what you lose that that's
2: what you lose It's not what you you gain, it's what you lose. It's what you lose. We are
1: better than memes.
2: (laughs) Memes Memes are are not the
1: only way we need to experience spiritual evolution. But aren't memes fun? (laughs) Yes. Everything is
0: fine. And there's the dog and the house is on fire. (laughs) I know the meme. (laughs) That's a meme.
2: Well, that's the thing. Tom Cruise told his wife, hey, I'm becoming a monk. I got to be celibate to quote, Maintain the purity of my instrument. Man,
1: I gotta get, I don't know about him, man. I gotta get my gunk out of my instrument. I to feel good.
2: Well, pretty soon. That's why you're an
1: SP, buddy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, too much gunk. Too much gunk. You mean? Pretty soon, Mimi was served divorce papers by Marty Rathbun. And after Cruz and Kidman got together, Miscavige began pressuring Cruz. To convert Nicole Kidman.
0: Oh, what a nightmare for her. She had probably had no idea that this was all, well, it's almost like um one of those 80s movies where it was all a setup and like the hot guy was supposed to date the ugly girl, but then he falls for her. Oh yeah, And then he, she's like, this whole thing was a game. Yeah. He showed up on their honeymoon. Miscavige did? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd kill him. I'd it's, kill him.
2: It's weird. like, Because that's the thing, you always, I wonder so much like how much Tom Cruise lets, How much of Scientology does he let his romantic conquest see prior to marriage? Well,
1: again, he's the only one really experiencing 100% benefits from Scientology. So he's like, come look at this wonderful world where everybody does whatever I say. And everybody's smiling and they're just so friendly and giving and it's such a cool community. David's so cool. Yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, it's only, it's really just because you're you're being you're being treated so kind of yeah, well. Of course. You're being treated like a
2: pharaoh. Yeah, and he also it seems like I know he definitely did this with Katie Holmes. And I think he might have done it with Nicole Kidman as well. He gets married real fucking fast. Yeah, right. like I think he it's old school. Yeah, I think he asked Katie Holmes to marry him like some like eight weeks after they started dating. They don't and- believe
1: in uh, 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 sex out of wedlock. I believe Scientologists say that the the that. The whole point is that you're supposed to get married mm-hmm. oh. and, like, make some kind of child that then they scoop up and, yeah. and
2: train it's on like their own. like Rosemary's baby. Yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, he gets him in fast. Now, as we know, Kidman has always been, let's say, unenthusiastic about Scientology. Right. But that's not for lack of trying on the part of David Miscavige. In order to reel her in, he set up Tom and Nicole with a special bungalow at Gold Base with a private rose garden and gave them both anything they wanted, no matter how ridiculous. When they expressed a casual desire to play tennis, for example, Miscavige built them a tennis court.
1: Full mm-hmm. regulation, leveled ground, full, everything top of the line, like Wimbledon-style
2: tennis mm-hmm. court. Okay. Or built them a tennis court. Had a tennis court built. Yeah, yeah he, he did, didn't do much. Yeah. He so. sent an email. Yeah. Yeah. When they said they wanted to run through a field of wildflowers together, he tasked the Gold Base Sea Org members, the near slaves, if you'll remember, to transform the desert surrounding Gold Base into a garden of wildflowers. He, he said,
1: go Great. literally do the impossible. Like yeah. when he
2: told Mike Rinder to go get LRH, a posthumous Nobel Prize.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a go, here's a straw. Go suck out the water from the ocean. Yeah.
2: yeah it failed. It was fucking stupid. So right. Miss Miscavige found the nearest meadow, plowed it, and planted it with flowers. So- tom and nicole could realize the wildflower fantasy this is the crux of what that's why we're even covering this end of the story is that this is the
1: real crux of what's going on at the heart of scientology is that every single time you see one of these ridiculous things being asked for that's being done by people for free yeah and Mm. they go and have to toil toil for hours they're being forced to do these insane things right. and then the only people who see benefit are the people up top and and then they're also then punished for it's both a punishment it's like here's a job that has a punishment attached to it and then we're going to punish you on top of it because yeah. no matter what you do it's going to be incorrect mm-hmm. and everybody around you is going to be moved and shifted to various departments because no matter what's going on every single time they, any, they have any sort of event he's about to fire everybody but especially at this point Most of the time, they are organizing all of the shit that's going on outside of the hole from the hole. They're in the hole doing the things that he wants them to do, organizing these Mm -hmm. things for the other people outside of it doing the free labor. It does
0: make, if anyone has seen the leaked footage of Howard Stern giving a company meeting... It does seem worse than that. Oh, very Mm -hmm. much so. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Pelican
1: Brief. (laughs) The famous (laughs) Pelican Brief.
2: Yeah. That's the thing is that it's not like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman are sitting there demanding this stuff, like, build me a tennis court. They're expressing casual desires, and David Miscavige is building a world for them, and they're probably not even quite aware that he's building this frictionless world. I mean, Nicole Kidman is seeing it. Yeah, Nicole Kidman's seeing it, but Tom Cruise is not... uh, He's a very physical man. I would not call him an intellectual. Actors,
1: hmm. (laughs) How do you put it? You don't have to be the smartest guy in the world. Well, would you say a a very good actor? Would you say it's actually negative to
0: have your own thoughts?
1: I actually think yes. Yeah. I think that actually a lot of times we meet, like you know, John Travolta. Love him. Yeah. If yeah, it, he's not really good with a complicated question. <laughs> Patrick Swayze is also one of those dudes, right? Again, RIP. Love him as a performer. He's got, got a lot going on. They talk about like Jimi Hendrix, about how like terrible really? interview. You know what I mean? Like he don't, he's art, they're artists. So they don't have to be that great at, at maybe understanding a lot of things.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the thing. That's why I can't learn lines because my mind is already full
1: of my own fucking So thoughts. he's trying to say that he's great. too smart to no, be No, I'm not saying I'm yeah. too
2: smart. I'm saying <laughs> that my it. thoughts are too out of control. Well, to be buddy, an actor I mean I look actually, at Hey first Look of at
1: Johnny De- Depp
0: Okay <laughs> Look at Johnny Depp Number one um, But also we actually have Some fantastic
2: footage Of you as Tolis Joe <laughs> And um That was improv My friend Yeah That's true art There were no And also there I were actually, no Lines in that Fucking role Besides grunts And screams I'm Tolis Joe But I also think That it was way <laughs> yeah. more Of an acting job It was more of a Dance
1: performance yeah, oh, It was
2: okay. I, that was, Those are the lines. Those I'm are the just only saying, noise. I'm I, told this joke. No, I actually never said I'm told this joke. Yeah, Did I have I? that
1: footage. Yep. Oh, huh. I'm yeah. waiting. I have more footage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we shot I, a lot that day. <laughs> yeah. It was a long day. Yeah. Now yes, that I remember. Indeed. Yeah. It ended with me being drug out of the door of 656 Metropolitan Avenue covered in shaving. Yeah, things. it was fun. And blood. <laughs> yeah. And fake blood. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. from your blade.
1: No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a B.A. in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body.
2: Done. Now, seemingly, David Miscavige (laughs) not only made Cruz's dreams come true, but he also made sure, as I said, that TC lived in a complication-free bubble built by Scientology. As Henry said, this cannot be stressed enough, it meant that it was built by Sea Org members who were all who were, for all intents and purposes, captives. In some cases, in many cases, actually, they were teenagers. You're talking like 16, 17-year-old kids who are basically slave labor. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, when Cruz and Kidman's gold-based bungalow was damaged by a mudslide, Sea Org members worked 16 hours a day to fix it. When Tom Cruise entrusted money to Scientology stockbrokers who quickly lost that money, those same stockbrokers had to pay back Cruz's losses with their own money. Now, that's a good hedge fund.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've ruined a couple of places with a mudslide myself. <laughs>
1: oh, shit! <laughs> He's talking about diarrhea. He's as brave Alec Murdoch.
2: Thank you. He's brave as, <laughs> oh, he is just brave as wow. well. Now, Cruz and Miscavige's relationship is interesting because it's unknown what side of himself Miscavige chooses to show to Tom Cruise. It's the fun side. It's right. the only time he smiles when he yeah. you're hanging out. What we do know is that every effort is made to keep the punishment of Sea Org members out of Tom Cruise's purview. He's not getting tours of the whole, you know? Oh, yeah, he might. I mean, as far as I know, I don't think
1: he is. I think that they keep it fairly separate. He sees a very rosy version of it. But at some point, how much can you not? He's in the SP world. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? He might be truly, he's also very closed off, I bet. He's living on a compound.
2: Well, he just also gets a completely different version. Yeah. But we do know that TC and Miscavige were close enough where David would visit movie sets. Oh yeah. Imagine this fucking little psychopath coming onto a set. I mean, they had to do
1: with I mean, uh, use Wolf of Wall Street as an example. They had to make sure that Jordan Belfort could not come to set. They Mm -hmm. literally had to keep him off set because there was during the Goodfellas, like Hank Hill, Henry Hill would show up Right and like say shit and became really rough like this so, yeah. so like yeah they can't you shouldn't be there.
0: Yet. Saw a pretty funny interview with Ray Liotta the other day.
1: He's oh, on, RIP as well. As RIP man. Well. Yeah. Chantix. Yeah, he
0: yeah. yeah. said he met Henry Hill and Henry Hill thanked him for portraying him such in such a nice way. Oh god,
1: like <laughs> really, I was a fucking maniac. Yeah.
2: <gasps> well, on the days of Thunder shoot. Miscavige showed up and T.C. took him skydiving. Yeah. Fun. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And Miscavige, he has some very real influences on T.C.'s acting choices. Apparently, Tom Cruise modeled his character in A Few Good Men on David Miscavige. He plays a horrible person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, yes.
1: but no, but righteous.
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And of course, But of course, you know the little man uses that as a bragging point constantly. It is really funny because when
1: they went into the making of uh, Battlefield Earth, so we know that David Miscavige went mm-hmm. full whole hog trying to get Battlefield Earth done, which has a $75 million budget. Right, like You got this together. <laughs> I want a Not of movie. a penny wasted. It up. is. It's rough. They basically said most of it went to John Travolta's budget. Like They basically, that's what they insinuated. But David Miscavige obviously goes to the fucking, the ropes, right? It's like Battlefield Earth is going to be fucking huge. Everybody's going to fucking love this. We're right. fucking cocksuckers. And then bombs. Yeah. At what point and is so, the
0: movie so bad it becomes money laundering? It is. I, we, I don't know.
1: I actually don't
2: know. That's a very good question. But now you're T- just talking to the producers. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But TC calls up David. And he's like, let's have a meeting. And TC goes up to David Miscavige after the movie fucking bombs. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck, David? And he's like, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? He's like, this is Scientology's like movie production studio. I want nothing but hits. You got to be making hits if we're doing these things. Tommy's to correct on hits. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so David Miscavige was like. I had nothing to do with that film. Mm-hmm. And then you know that that just like Tom Cruise got on his little motorcycle and David just jumped on that little back, oh. <laughs> just like gripped with his little knees to his little like small his back just grinding those little packets. One hundred and forty-three <laughs>
0: pounds of pure mail. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Mm, yum yum. Cruise some Deuce combined I mean, weight. I mean the, the the general feeling around the Scientology offices at the time is that it was actually so bad that it like briefly broke the spell of Scientology and like people were actually asking so around the offices like. Did nobody watch this thing before it went out? Yeah, like, is this not... Yeah, are
1: we not doing a quality check? Because I know I get punishment when I'm down stats. Yeah, And I don't think there's any yeah. more of a down stat than a $75 million budget movie making $3 million. I yeah. mean,
0: say what you want about Christianity. They got some fucking hits, dude. They do.
1: They do. Ten Commandments holds up. Yeah, Charlton Heston. I think he's still alive. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Now, Miscavige saw Tom Cruise as the entry point to access some of the most influential people in Hollywood. And if Miscavige could bring them on board, then it would be another big step towards public acceptance. For example, when Kidman and Cruise starred in Far and Away in 1992, they convinced director Ron Howard to have dinner with David Miscavige at Gold Base. Mm. It didn't take, as it also didn't take for co-star Cole Meany, who was also tried to? They also tried to recruit him, Colmeni. You know yes. the beloved Chief of, O'Brien, of course, and Deep Space Nine. I don't know that, but no, yet. I do know that. But um, you do know that, yeah, Chief O'Brien. Oh, Keiko. Oh, oh the Cardassians. I'm just the Kardashians are in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Kardashians. No Kardashians. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they got big necks. Attention, oh, Bajoran workers. I don't know. I
1: don't know. This is where <laughs> I'm lost.
0: I don't know. But either way, they're not, they're not getting uh, that director guy. They're not going to get him.
2: Ron Howard? Yeah, they're
0: not going to get him. Oh, no. no,
1: Ron Howard didn't want it. No.
2: no, no, no. Now, Cole Meany, many years later in like 2011, said that back then, the only two places in Hollywood that you could network were Scientology and Alcoholics Anonymous meetings.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes it hilarious. Really, hilarious. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's one or the other. The Celebrity Center in, in L.A. it's an old hotel. That turned into the spot where and it used to be a place where you used to go with you can hang out. But yeah. now it's like now you have to hit a certain level to go to the celebrity center in L.A. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is that people kept sh- people kept showing up hoping to bump into some celebrity and they'd have their uh, like their, their scripts and shit. And then eventually oh. they're like, no, 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 no. This isn't for you noobs This isn't for parishioners. Mm-hmm. Cool. that's that's a fun place to be. Yeah, yeah. it
2: is. Well, they didn't get Ron Howard. And likewise, Steven Spielberg was also courted when he was making Minority Report with Tom Cruise. Great movie. I mean, this is starting to really
1: fuck with him, too, because more and more people are like, Tom Cruise, hey, listen, you're paid to promote movies.
2: Yeah. You need to stop. To do it. and then was, he listened mm-hmm. to the movie people. Yeah. Right. Spielberg also resisted, yeah. but Tom Cruise and David Miscavige, they figured that the only reason why Spielberg didn't join was because Spielberg's kids only reason. saw a psychiatrist. The only reason. Only yeah, reason. that's the only reason. So honestly, they're just looking for a good director. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah they just one. They just
1: don't want another yeah. battlefield. They desperately leader. need no. one. Do you have to be a Scientologist to direct
2: a Scientologist movie?
1: Yes. Uh, do Well, not this Scientologist, because Battlefield Earth, the guy who directed that, was not. Yeah.
2: Uh, and the guy who wrote the screenplay also, sci- was, no. also wasn't a Scientologist. They actually prefer
1: anything that's permanent media. From what I have seen and read, they prefer you to not be a, oh, a Scientologist. Because then you can't protest if you leave later on like, hey, you can't use my image in that anymore. Even though, like... So
0: I that's what I've they heard. Were, okay, I figured yeah. they're trying to do
1: that. Do that from within. But. Scientologists are too busy to direct films.
0: They're <laughs> crawling on the floor, beating each other up. Too busy. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: And from what I heard, like you know, the people who do work for Scientology, it is just like, yeah, I'll just do whatever the fuck you want. Give me the paycheck because the yeah. paycheck is apparently pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah, they pay. Yeah. Okay. That's what they do with those PIs. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Well, things about Steven Spielberg, you know, of course, no, he's not coming in. He's got a kid who sees a psychiatrist. So Ms. Cavitch yeah. directed a Scientology group to protest the facility where that psychiatrist worked. This was not a good move in Hollywood. No. Spielberg not. called up Tom Cruise and said, This is unappreciated and
1: inappropriate. Which is like, that's a deep dressing down from a very proper man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like an yeah. idea of that powerful man then I mean, like this is
2: inappropriate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but unappreciated.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you didn't so, appreciate it. And again, like Tom Cruise went and ripped Miscavige a new hole. <laughs> oh. and Actually, that's, well, that was also one
1: of Miscavige's favorite terms. Yeah. yeah ripped new, new assholes. Yeah,
2: ripped new assholes. Yeah. Assholes, right. dicks, He balls. loves, he's Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's definitely got, like, he would, I think he would like to, like, lick a dick. I think at the very oh, least. He just very I, least. Think yeah. I wish that at least he would.
1: get his penis licked once by Mike Rinder. <laughs>
2: Well, who knows? Who knows what he and Tom have done? Who knows? But the love affair with Scientology actually sputtered out for Tom Cruise for much of the 90s, partly because of that Time Magazine article we talked about last episode. Mm -hmm. Partly, of course, it was also David Miscavige's meddlings, and it was partly because of the influence of Nicole Kidman. See, Kidman had reached OT2 within a year of joining Scientology because it seems like the more influential and important a person is, the faster they progress along the bridge to total freedom. Yeah, weird. But after, I know,
1: crazy, right? Wow.
2: But after OT2, Kidman stopped taking courses. She was therefore privately considered a PTS, a potential trouble source. This is the first step towards being declared an SP, and it's likely that her lack of enthusiasm temporarily rubbed off on Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, because it's the love of life and his parents of his children and something. Mm, You'd think think it would. You'd you'd think it would,
2: yeah. Now, Cruise did go to bat for Scientology here and there in the 90s, most notably in the murder of Lisa McPherson at the hands of Scientology officials. But he wasn't auditing much at all and Miscavige lost his grip even further when Kidman and Cruz disappeared for a year while they filmed Eyes Wide Shut with Stanley Kubrick. Oh, my. They were all the way over in England. This was also during Cruz's brief cool period. It was when he also did Magnolia. Yeah,
1: I mean, when he was really trying, he was really trying to
2: act during that time period. Yeah,
1: incredible in Magnolia. He's so good in Magnolia. Very good. And fucking Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut's
2: a great movie, too. Yeah, Yeah, Vanilla Sky, meh. But Magnolia, fucking respect the cock. You know, so sure. on and so forth. Absolutely. Maybe got that from Miscavige. I honestly, it doesn't. Actually, man. Wow. Whoa. It really does. Yeah. But as Scientology does again and again, they caught Tom Cruise during a moment of vulnerability and grief when Kidman was rumored to have had a miscarriage. And of course, that means it was her fault. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's when Marty Rathbun basically cornered Cruise and began auditing him again with Miscavige supervising. And of course... The more Cruz was audited, the more he was turned against Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Eventually, elements within Scientology also turned Kidman and Cruz's kids against Nicole Kidman. And by 2001, just a year or two after Cruz returned, that's all it took. Yeah. It did take 200 hours of auditing. But after all that, Jeez. Cruz and Kidman quite acrimoniously divorced. And since then, Cruz has never seemed to waver in his faith at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, and he is completely out of
1: it. He's He's back in. Uh, But in Mark Headley's podcast, he did a podcast and he talked about on his book, I was reading it and blown for good, is that for a while, he was a young man coming up in the Sea Org and Tom Cruise decided that he needed to get better at auditing, right? He wanted to audit, he wanted to get back on the auditing training path. He wanted
0: to be audited. No, no, he, he, wanted, wanted, to he wanted to audit. Yes. Oh, okay. He wanted to audit. Oh,
1: okay. like He's just a
2: regular guy. You know, he just wants to be I'm, a I'm regular scientist. Yeah, he's just like and, you and I. And so Marty Rathman
1: <laughs> went up to this kid, and he was like, okay, so this is what's going to happen. So TC's looking to audit. He's going to audit you. I'd be like, what? This is what he's saying. And he's 16 like, 16-year-old kid. 16-year-old kid. And he's like, so this is the thing. He's going to audit you. The only people who are going to fucking know about this is you, TC, and me. No one else is going to know that you're doing this, right? So they go to uh-huh. what is the... LRH's private music room on Gold Base. When they go to, because TC can't go to the regular auditing room because it, it causes a flurry. Everybody runs around, right? It's too much for him. He has to go, to go play super pri- private, yeah. which was this performance room where LRH used to play his, I think he played the clarinet, a couple of the things where he do <laughs> so something fast. Jazz clarinet. He's like, so fucking fast. <laughs> but it was styled like a medieval dining hall with giant, like, uh, was armor, full plate armor, like a standing, was like eight sets of armor, a big long table, the big long back chairs, and they would audit in there, and the thing was that the was first like, time, what the, fuck, the first time they went to audit, he, the kid, Mark Headley, fell asleep in front of TC, which is the number one crime, because it means that you're not paying attention, you're not like logged in, but yeah. because it's Tom Cruise, he's still Tom Cruise, so he's like, it's okay, buddy, buddy, we're gonna get through this, buddy, we're gonna work on this, and he was like, oh, what we gotta do is, you need sleep, so And unlike everybody else who gets punished, they went to Mark Headley and they're like, "You need to sleep from now on. We're taking you off your night job. You're going to go back to you're going to sleep because you need to be well rested to be audited by Tom Cruise." So like they went, they 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 rehabilitated him, and then finally, you have to attain a condition, a a useful condition, to be be able to be audited. So Uh you get sec check to see if you're a trader first. Then they check your condition. E meters and yelling at you. Uh-huh. Right. And then they checked your condition and they found that he was in this bad condition. And yeah, Tom Cruise,
0: they said his uh, cholesterol was 170 over 120. <laughs>
1: oh, Pam, no. Please, please. no, it's <laughs> fine. I don't need him right now. I'm not ag- agitated. No, you're not. Uh, but Tom Cruise, like, went, and he was like, All right, you can't, we can't get you in the right. He couldn't get up to the thing that he needed to be. I don't know how they administered okay. the condition. It's another E meter test. And Tom Cruise is like, You know what'll fix you? Set me straight when I was having these problems. We got to get you some bee pollen. You got to eat the bee pollen. Bee pollen? Yeah, yeah, it's just weird supplement shit. And so Mark Headley's like, okay, now this is the biggest secret inside of Scientology right now bee at pollen. all. pollen. No, that, they, that Tom Cruise is auditing anybody, that okay. anybody would be able to be worthy to be audited by Tom Cruise, right? Well, now they're just sending him a training boy. So Tom Cruise is like, let's go out to of town. We'll figure this out. And so they hop on Tom Cruise's motorcycle. Mark Headley, uh, grip into his back. Tom Cruise zips him down to town where he goes to buy bee pollen. And meanwhile, like all of these, this crowd shows up because fucking Tom Cruise. Yeah, right. With this weird child on his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. And it's just this strange scene where he has to go buy, buy him bee pollen. And then he takes the b pollen, and then magically it works. And now they're wow. auditing
2: for a couple of sessions. Well, mm-hmm. fantastic. All yeah. right. No, it's fucking, it's bizarre. This is what happened. Very Very different worlds though. Yeah. Yes. Well, when Tom Cruise came back into Scientology, he allowed Scientology to direct every aspect of his personal life and a fair amount of his professional life, Hmm. much to his own detriment. See, in 2003, this is why this might answer some questions of why Tom Cruise kind of went a little wacky in the 2000s. This was two years after Cruise's return to the fold. Miscavige convinced Tom Cruise to fire his longtime publicist, Pat Kingsley. Kingsley had very wisely advised Cruise to lay off talking about Scientology in public. At all. Just a bit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Cool it. Yeah. But she was replaced by Tom Cruise's sister, an ardent Scientologist. Oh. So within like a year, maybe two... Tom Cruise is all of a sudden jumping on Oprah's couch, right? Screaming about how much he's in love with Katie Holmes. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Kind of having confrontations with Matt Lauer. He's calling psychiatry a pseudoscience. He's attacking Brooke Shields. Oh yeah, for taking for, t- hega- for med- taking medication for postpartum depression. Right. He's being a massive asshole. Yeah. And as such, Tom Cruise wasn't quite proving to be the key to the inner sanctum that Miscavige hoped he'd be. Mm. For years, Cruise probed. The edges of power. It wasn't just Hollywood he was trying to get into. He was trying to get into politics. He met with Bill Clinton, Oh yeah, but not when Bill Clinton was president. He's probing. Probing. He probing. Met, he met with uh, Scooter Libby. <laughs> wow. love, yeah. love a, I yeah. love
1: a professional named Scooter. Yeah, Vice president, Scooter. Chief, Vice
2: president Chief of Staff to Dick Cheney. But Scooter was as far as Tom Cruise could get. He couldn't get to Dick Cheney.
0: What, Tom? Tom couldn't get to Dick Cheney? Hey, I think Cheney,
2: Dick Cheney's got bigger plans. Well, I guess so. The closest Tom Cruise came to actually affecting change was when he almost convinced Secretary of Education Ron Page to include LRH's study tech in No Child Left Behind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. That would have been something, It is interesting. It that would have, have been made a big get... difference one way or another. No,
1: but it would have been <laughs> an actual bragging ring.
2: Yeah. It would have been a, yeah. where yeah. all the rest of it's just fantasy. Mm-hmm. Right. Cruise also missed a lot of opportunities with celebrities. He failed to bring in Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith on a permanent basis. He failed to bring in Victoria or David Beckham, even though Miscavige actually had a full-size football pitch built at Gold base as a lure in the desert. Yeah, just done by, again, just by 16-year-old hands, essentially. Yeah. And similarly, Cruz was also unsuccessful in getting low-key Scientologists like Beck to go public. But as far as Tom Cruise went, around the time that Beck married into a powerful Scientology family, around 2004, right around the time that his music went mediocre, now that I think about it. Oh, wow. What a jock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no
0: kidding. Marcus is really going in. He's been a real SP.
2: <laughs> Scientology was, of course, working as, you know, for lack of a better term, they were working as Tom Cruise's wife pimp. Oh, whoa, whoa. yeah. I remember
1: when I met my, my wife pimp.
2: <laughs> that, that was yeah.
1: Honestly, it was a game changer. And you were like, yeah. wasn't she great? Yeah, no, no, she was wonderful.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, yep. cheap,
2: cheap, cheap, cheap. It's, cheap, a, cheap, new, cheap, it's cheap, a new cheap, show. It's right after
0: Milf
1: Manor. <laughs> yeah, wife pimp. Right? Yeah, wife pimp. You're going to love it.
2: Right from your grave.
1: One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list. With Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada's already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish. Wow! I just gotta learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm gonna be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Well, after things didn't work out with Penelope Cruz following the relationship they started on the set of Vanilla Sky, Penelope Cruz oh. did try on Scientology for a bit, mm-hmm. for like okay. a year or so, maybe She's a little cool. bit less. She She's was way too yeah. cool, yeah. Well, TC, he ran through a series of young Scientologist ladies, groomed especially to be with Tom Cruise. So weird. The first was a 19-year-old who'd been born into the church, but she was turned away after about a month. Tom didn't like her. Okay. The other was a 25 year old OT5 named Nazanin Boniati. She was also, I think, in Go and Clear. Yeah. She was forced to break up with her boyfriend so Tom Cruise could try her on, for lack of a better term. Oh, awesome. Boniati was run through the ringer at Gold Base during a hellish two week long audition of sorts, where she was forced to have what I'm sure were exhausting dinners with Cruise and the Miscaviges every
1: night. I just oh gotta my say, Naznianians? What's her name? <laughs> Let me just ask you this question. You're here. Obviously, you're here as a part of like you're at dinner and it's like you're liking a salad. I'm enjoying it. Wrong the... answer. I made it to be bad. Okay. The seafood and Yeah, uh, uh, Seafood and eat it. That's a funny thing that we say here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat the seafood either. That's for me. Um, yeah. um, let me just ask us. Do we look gay?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nah, yeah. Nah, yeah. TC, what do you think? <laughs> I like her, Dave.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How does he have the smoker's laugh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing is that she did all these dinners, exhausted, being grilled every single fucking night. Because also
1: she worked 12 hours a day and then got pulled into her fun
2: special dinner. Yeah. Oh, God. She didn't act as expected. She also had a really fucking bad period. She said that she was woozy. She was in horrible pain the entire yeah, time. she's a human
0: being. You she's yeah. a human
2: being, yeah. yeah. So she was sent to Flag Base in Clearwater, where she was assigned the condition of treason. Why? But she wouldn't go on a date with Tom Cruise. Well, but she would go on a date with Tom Cruise, but she but didn't, she didn't act do like it good. I don't, she don't think that do that do Tom took good. her on a date. He had awkward dinners
0: with
1: he and David Miscavige. Uh, that's, his that's a date. Nah. David Miscavige is his date monitor. That's his wife pimp. You mean to tell me <laughs> again. I so, I don't even go to the grocery store without my wife pimp. <laughs> I know you don't. Because she helps me understand what women like. They uh-huh. like carrots.
2: Mm-hmm. They like uh, soft cili- cheeses. Celiac-free muffins. Yep. <laughs> Well, to make up for it, she dug ditches and scrubbed toilets with a toothbrush. That's what a treasonous person does. She was back in good standing after a few months, but she was never again allowed into the celebrity center. She was an actress, by the way, and she wasn't allowed to even talk about Tom Cruise. Thankfully, she left Scientology soon after and has since had a relatively successful TV career. Whoa, flipped and reversed it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. she does like, you know, five, six episode runs on things. All that. Great. And then, of course... There's Katie Holmes. Oh, poor, poor Tomcat. Yeah, the details yeah. of which I'm sure you're probably all too familiar with. Needless to say, Scientology tortured this poor woman and made her life a living hell after she decided to leave to the point where they were chasing her around New York City by yeah. the end of it. We all remember that. We all, right? I saw it. Yeah. Yep. Long story short, she left because Tom Cruise was weird, Scientology was weird, and her life had turned into a surreal nightmare. She got custody of their kid. She dated Jamie Foxx for six years. Lucky girl. Yeah. And is slowly returning to stage and screen. She's yeah. tall.
1: She's very Natalie tall. Natalie doubled for her. Because it's hard for no Natalie kidding. to do stunt doubles because huh. stunt doubles a lot of times it's because they are not a lot of tall actresses. Yeah. Right. But Katie Holmes like five foot ten. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Good Different. get for Tom.
2: <laughs> I guess. I like it. Not good for Katie. You know Katie. I like it. But he's five six, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to bring this up anymore. Henry's a height apologist for all of these
2: people. (laughs) We have different lives for different reasons. Yeah. Tellingly, though, Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise's wedding was the one in which David Miscavige was Tom Cruise's best man. I cannot stress that enough. This fucking horrible psychopath that we've been talking about for six hours now was Tom Cruise's best man in 2008, was that when it was when Are they like, got married? Maybe, you know, yeah. Remember, yeah. They actually pulled a Scientologist out of the hole to perform the ceremony. Yeah. And then, yeah. 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 And then, I love this film. Yeah. And, and then he got drunk and hit on Brooke Shields and they put him back in the hole. He's yeah. <laughs> in the
1: hole. Oh, man. You <laughs> think about that. Brooke Shields still went to the fucking wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess they made it. Hollywood's up. a sick place, it's, it's very a
2: strange land. Now, the thing about the services that Scientology has done for Tom Cruise over the years, wife pimping and such, building all these tennis courts, Imagination all Imagination land come to life. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Costs a lot of money. Right. But people like Tom Cruise, that's precisely where Scientology gets their liquid assets. See, while its membership continues to decline, its revenue keeps going up. Partly because of how many rich and gullible people keep giving them money. Celebrities, of course, but there's others. As far as the celebrities go, it's known that in 2004, Tom Cruise gave $3 million to Scientology. In 2007, Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, she gave $10 million. Whoa, she gave more than Tom? Oh, yeah. yeah. Tom's not very grateful. <laughs> well, Tom gets
1: up. Tom's a lot more involved in the administration process.
2: Yeah. Nancy oh, Cartwright's just fucking, She's just giving him she's money. She's giving him money. Handing out pamphlets. Yeah. That's weird that Bart Simpson would do that. Hey, it's not Bart Simpson. I think
1: it's... Simpsons even tried to say that. Like, mm-hmm. Bart is a member of the Simpson family.
2: <laughs> Nancy <laughs> is some weird person behind Bart. Mm-hmm. But I can see why these celebrities give. In fact, I can see why all the rich people give. It's not just celebrities. There's also the guy who created Boingo Wireless. If you ever been in a fucking airport and tried to get on the fucking shitty-ass Wi-Fi, nope. it's Boingo Wireless, and Bro, it never fucking works.
0: I fucking hate fun names because I, I, yeah, the yeah, product yeah.
1: always sucks. Yeah, like yeah. Go-Go or like, yeah, they yeah, And you have
2: to be like, fucking my Boingo isn't working. Uh-huh. And you're still like an you an Boingo! Yeah, now, he also created Earthlink. He created... Uh, fucking, what was it? Helios. This guy's incredibly rich. These are, you also have one of the richest media moguls in Australia, a billionaire. He's a Scientologist. You have a pharmaceutical executive named Robert Dugan, one point eight billion dollars in net worth. He is Scientology's largest donor by far.
1: Yeah, and I bet you they get tax breaks too. Like yeah. they're giving to mm-hmm. you're giving to a church,
2: so no. you're at some point you're getting a kickback as well. But the reason why these people continue to give is because for them. Scientology works yes. yes The rich are richer still And the celebrities Are still rich and famous Oh yeah Nancy Cartwright Is worth 80 million dollars She's on season 34 Of The Simpsons John Travolta Is still worth 165 million He has all the Private jets he wants yep. He can blow as many Masseuses As he can fucking handle I mean
1: Poor Mike Rinder cause, I mean Not poor Mike Rinder It's more like it's interesting because when John Travolta and him were, they had a private meeting. That's where the masseuse kiss came from. Yeah, but masseuse
2: kiss came from when they, uh, Tom, Cr- or when John Travolta was like, hey, do you think I ought to take this movie called Pulp Fiction?
1: To oh. Mike Rinder. And Mike yeah. Rinder's like, I don't think playing a heroin addict's going to be a good look for Scientology. It's wrong. And then um, yeah, his masseuse just- came in and they, they had a moment and then he laughed. And then it's like, then he's saddled with the secret and this whole thing.
2: Yeah. Pulp fiction is the only reason that he had a comeback. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is worth, million. Does his own stunts. And he was just in a movie that is nominated for Best Picture. Top Gun Maverick is nominated for Best Fucking Picture. Scientology works for that motherfucker. And people are allowed to do whatever
1: the fuck it is they want with their money. I Mm. really
2: do think, and remember, it's like, they're allowed to do
1: it. Yeah, so if that's what they want to do, if they want to waste their money like that, they absolutely can, and they're getting their own kickbacks too. But what they're funding is, again, legally, we cannot say they are guilty of human trafficking no. or murder, but it is seems to be well it's a just, function of the organization. How is everything getting built? Human labor, yeah, yeah. Right. And we, is how much money are they getting? And yeah. they're shipping them yeah. across right. like states and countries. Yeah. We can so say that, unpaid
2: workforce. Yeah. Yes, we can yes. say that they have been charged with these things yes. with being culpable in deaths. They have been. Well, I can. Do you want me to go into that? Uh, almost, but the thing is about these people uh, is that three million dollars. To Scientology, it's fucking nothing, you know. And if life is going the way you want it to and you have no conscience whatsoever about the consequences that your support of Scientology brings to other people, there's no reason to stop. Therefore, Scientology has been kept afloat by the big fish, even if the little fish have mostly stopped giving. But there's the matter of what David Miscavige has been doing these last 10 to 15 years. Because our narrative kind of stops around 2009, 2010. Well, that's it's interesting because there was a
1: big clampdown on information that came out, especially because of the mass exodus of like Marty Rathbun, mm-hmm. Mike Rinder, all these big guys coming Leah out. Remini, yes, the Aramony, the spilling, biggest one. Oh, yeah, yes, spilling all this, this shit. And so now we're in this kind of sea of mystery of what the fuck goes on inside.
2: Yeah, he's basically gone into hiding. Nobody sees David he is
1: go. He goes back and forth from his various properties. But from what I can gather... So, like, where Scientology is at now is that according to Mike Rinder's blog, again, this comes from him, the way he tracks it is that obviously they're highly secretive about what their members are. Yes. And they're saying sure. that there's 8 to 10 million Scientologists around the world, which is not true. Mike Rinder so. says that even at their height, he believes that the most that there was was 50,000. the then, who knows? They're, again, they're saying he's an SP. He'll say whatever he wants. But in 2011, there was a census in England and Wales had said that there was 2,418 Scientologists that had registered legally. Wow, that's it. By 2021, the number that have officially put on the list that they were it already went down to 1,854. Wow. Right. so they lost a bunch. So that's there's, just in England. That's yeah. just in well, England. That's
0: still, not, I mean, England's big. Yeah, but
1: he's saying that if you look at this track and the way he breaks down, he probably he thinks that there's less than. 20,000 Scientologists on the whole across the world, yeah. wow. which is why these ideal orgs are completely empty. They're all just fronts. You go right. like the one up in NoHo. Sometimes they'll have a couple. Yeah. There's a couple people stationed outside, but that's because the Church of Scientology is doing this thing that's called like, like the ladies who help mm-hmm. because oh. they're trying to show, oh, look, we're doing these like fundraiser things, things about specifically COVID. That are, was, they,
2: are they wife pimps? They are. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there was a nice lady wearing a T-shirt I saw outside of it the other day that T-shirt said, "Curious." Curious. Well, I was driving by and I glanced. You're like, "Hi!"
1: Um, But David Miscavige, I think one thing that was interesting about what's going on right now is that there's been a release of documents about what happened when COVID nineteen hit.
3: Yeah,
0: right. Because did they use it for their advantage? Well, completely corrupt narrative that was not supposed to happen.
1: Sure. Yeah, but with the, it's actually what we're seeing is that Scientology is probably at its very weakest because I believe that when COVID nineteen hit. What we don't understand is that even if you're just a parishioner, you're supposed to go in every day. You're yeah. supposed to go to one of your orgs and audit and do your things. And you're supposed to, you have FaceTime, P2P with somebody at all times. I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> I'm glad you're laughing. But you're supposed to do these things and you, and it keeps you in whole. It keeps you in check. It keeps you a part of the world. COVID-19, immediately, legally, they couldn't go everything. And COVID-19 hit. Two days before LRH's birthday, which is the biggest fucking party of the year. Mm -hmm. David Miscavige was fucking furious, right? He sent this missive that now that we can't be together anymore and you can't be, can't be, we can do this anymore. He called COVID 19, the term was a planetary bull bait, which is like, we're gonna see how we all react to it. But so here's the hidden things. We know that Scientology does not believe in viruses or disease, they believe that you do it to yourself, that you bring it in. David Miscavige definitely still very much has asthma.
0: He, severe it, asthma. Severe asthma. No, it's not he true. Said,
1: yeah, that wouldn't work. Yeah, he definitely, yeah, and so COVID-19, what does it do? What One was the big things officially first came out, they're saying that it's going to fuck with people with asthma. Right. David Miscavige is incredibly scared of COVID-19, even though ostensibly he's supposed to say it doesn't exist, playing kayfabe if it was real. But instead he says what we're going to do is they want to see how Scientology is going to react during this So he sent out the CDC guidelines repackaged as if it was Scientology's guidelines. And now the Scientology orgs are so disinfected that the disinfectant is making people sick from being inside of it. Because David Miscavige won't go anywhere unless it has been completely slathered from head to toe in the same shit that they clean emergency rooms
0: in. Probably just advancing... the virus actually even further because then it mutates (laughs) it and then it's like, who gives a fuck? They have a zero
1: sickness policy now. You can't even have have a zero
0: sickness policy. Mm -hmm. You
1: can't even have sniffles. You're immediately. And so imagine you actively have COVID. Now, those of us who have it, right? We've had it. It sucks, right? And when you have it, you're like, you know, you're you're brain fogged and all fucked up as it is. But then you have to call your auditor and be like, I can't come in. I tested positive for COVID. They then are like, you are, you're getting audited over the phone. And what they're making them do now is take pictures Zoom of themselves audit? at home. Yeah. Yes. They're making themselves take pictures at home studying and sending them into their auditors. Like, look, you see, but all this being said, the hold is slipping. That's why we're yeah. getting more. This, the leaks are getting crazy. Like, yeah. there's more. That document got leaked a week later, which no one had ever like, done really before because they were right. afraid of the immediate repercussions. They're not it's,
0: on the Supreme Court. They don't usually yes. leak <laughs> yeah. classified but information. Now, but now
1: they're like out of it. They're out of the hold a little bit, so it's starting to get real wiggly. And now that David Miscavige was served with this, essentially, a human trafficking charge. That's what it is. It's a human trafficking charge, and just for details, so you can go into it on your own. This is an accusation from Valeska Paris and Gawain and Laura Baxter, that they were residents of Australia. They were on Scientology's cruise ship, the Free Winds in the Caribbean. And basically what they're saying is is that we were, as children, we were raised into Scientology. We had to sign these documents that gave our soul over for a billion years right. that would allow us to then work for free whenever. And then we basically went to the free winds and we were tortured on this boat for a long period of oh. time. And you, this is free. This is human trafficking and we're charging you with it. But the, what's hard huh. is because they're fighting the actual essential nature of like, how do we prosecute a group of people who have written down like, a consent form. They, right. And in a kangaroo court, like, because it's still just in their world, but it's still a contract, right? Sure. So the billion-year contract's like, one thing where they said, like, well, that's a whole belief system. We we don't know, like, the courts are real icky about that. They don't know what to do with that yet. But there's another clause that Scientology makes you sign, which mm. is an arbitration clause that basically says you promise to handle any arbitration for what you feel as a malfeasance of Scientology within Scientology, not... Like in the court system, like you're supposed to. So right. what they're fighting is they're saying that they signed this arbitration document that said that, like, they can't they, they can't like sue us. They literally can't. They signed their rights away. And what they're trying to say is like, but is it does it count if you sign a contract, quote unquote, under duress, under duress? Yeah, and we exactly. don't know. And so now they're really like this is this. Also, they were children.
0: They were under 18 when they signed yes. this. Right. So technically it doesn't matter.
1: But it's a really right? belief system. It's a whole thing. So that's why they're We believe in human trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> See? We believe it. But mm-hmm. again. Wow. He's accused of these crimes. Right. right. So he is not yet guilty of these crimes. But it is it is an interesting idea. Of like and it's also why the FBI is so hesitant to go and start busting on Scientology, because it's really hairy to get into the fringe religion right. and, movement. And, as we just talked about. In Waco. Uh billionaires. Oh, yeah, and billionaires. They got mm-hmm. plenty of money to throw into the process. And also, like Mike Rinder brought up a good point where it's like any FBI agent knows that as soon as I attack Scientology, that's the next 10 years of my life.
3: Yeah. yeah.
1: Is I mean, unhatching
0: is trying to break this up. Look at the dude who fucking cracked the Monopoly game scandal. <laughs> that
1: took four years. It took four years. And that was a fun one. That's fun.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's the thing is that you know it does seem like the cracks are starting a show when it comes to David Miscavige's Scientology. Yeah. People are, his the, version, but, yeah. Yeah, the people are leaving. The documents are being leaked. He's getting served. People are chasing him right. down to serve him. So his reign may be nearing an end. And when it does end, I, for one, am fucking fascinated to see where Scientology goes from here. I just want to start a baseball again, team. <laughs> As the new head of Scientology,
0: <laughs> I'm bringing in Friday fish fries.
2: I honestly make it oh. one. Dude, I'll do it. I'll, I'll take it with you. Yeah. We'll I want it. that. I mean, even if Miss Cavitch manages to hold on for another 10 years or so, the rich celebrities will remain. Additionally, yeah. Scientology still owns all that real estate. And their tax exempt status doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It is far too large to be taken down by, you know, the the fall of their leader someone is going to succeed David Miscavige, just as Miscavige succeeded L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, and I, for one, wouldn't be surprised if Scientology is still going a fucking century from now. It's going
0: to be Tom Cruise?
2: I I don't think he wants that responsibility. I don't Uh, think so. I think think he he he, I don't think you can fly jet planes and and skydive all that much. You notice he
1: hasn't... Well, he hasn't said very much about Scientology and then Judd Apatow made that joke about him and now... And then Gerard Carmichael made the joke about selling Miscavige. It's really starting to come out in the open. Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise Excuse me. He hasn't said fucking shit, yeah. really.
2: Yeah. But I do think that the longer Miscavige stays in charge, the less of a chance Scientology has of making it to the century mark. But what I find most fun about Scientology is that they are now eternally on the defensive. Even if they stay dormant for years, as they did after Leah Remini launched her attack in 2013, their reappearance inevitably draws negative attention every single time hell we're doing this series now partly because we were inspired by david miscavige's star turn in a new scientology ad campaign last november we got reminded of the dickhead's existence like Mm -hmm. oh yeah we were gonna do a fucking david miscavige series yeah
0: they do not have a lot going on judging by the fact they called all three of us yes
2: (laughs) multiple (laughs) they called all three of us multiple times and why the fuck did they call you before they called me Buddy, the know, again, ben? they smell <laughs> the water. We yeah. can flip them, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. Ben got called at 5.07 p.m. I got called at 5.09. I was
0: called at 5.07, 5.09 as well, so that was a busy minute for him. Yeah, her. mine was five fourteen, <laughs> And uh, and then at
2: 5.30, yeah, but they don't know. I don't answer my phone. <laughs> yeah, me neither. So, so, while they may last for a little while, at least into the coming decades, Scientology will likely never gain a foothold, just so long as there's always someone around willing to make fun of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I feel like that's the, that's the one thing is that we're going to keep, we're allowed to make fun of whatever we want Yeah, because it's fun. It's a comedy podcast, but we definitely came with a lot of bullshit Mm -hmm. and you should read it. Some of yourself. and, And I, if you're a Scientology member that is now currently listening, this scanning, right. For whatever you're being told to do, like dude, lady, (laughs) <laughs> it's better outside of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Just, just hear what we're saying.
0: I could have flipped right? that chick if I would have answered. Maybe <laughs> I should have But I
1: just like hear what we're saying. It's so, again, it's legal. You're allowed to do whatever the fuck it is you want sure. with your fucking, your Thetan containing husk. You're allowed to. But just, we're, we're trying to help you before something really bad happens to you because- Unfortunately, it seems the more people stay and the longer they stay in this organization, the worse it is for them and their families.
2: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Help, help the Scientologists out there on help the street. A Be nice mm-hmm. to the Scientologists. If you, if somebody is out there, give it. Trying to give you an E-meter reading, trying to give you a personality test. Don't be mean to them. They sound
1: afraid. Really, that's what it is. The fear comes across. The desperation comes across. You're not operating from a place of power right now. Unless your father is
0: Joseph Fritzl, you should never be separated from your family. You're right. Uh, That would be a massive red flag. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, uh, go and read any one of
1: these fucking stories that we covered, like, you know, Ron Miscavige's book. We had fucking uh Mike Rinder's book. We have Mark Headley's book. We have the there's the whole Tampa Bay Times, like LA Time. There's so much stuff. Like just just go have fun. The underground bunker, Tony Ortega. That's Tony hours Ortega. of fucking listening. Yeah. All, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. All right, everyone. There it
0: is, our three parter on David Woo! Miscavige and man, his oh mishandling. Man of Scientology. Oh, thank
1: you. And any Scientologist, if you want to come out and see Classy Night out with me (laughs) and Ed Larson, we're going to be at the Pack Theater Wednesday, March 8th, 8 p.m. That's at the 6320 Santa Monica Boulevard. New address for the Pack Theater. Check it out. We're there. And then come go to Get It Made L.A. slash Disaster Man to buy tickets
2: for live side stories April 8th. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for supporting all the shows. Marcus? Uh, If there is a Scientologist who is working the L. Ron Hubbard booth at WonderCon Ah. at the end of this month out in Anaheim. Come on over and see us at the Z2 booth. We're going to be signing on Friday and Saturday at the Z2 booth. Going to be signing the last comic book on the left. And we're going to be doing a panel on Saturday morning. So check out uh, all of the schedules over at WonderCon to see exactly when and where we're going to be there, and I believe it was sent out on our newsletter. I so believe. Sign up for our yeah. newsletter Which to is get fun all stuff. Yeah, the information. Gotta, yeah,
0: Michelle
1: makes good stuff on that. It's really
2: she fun. She yeah,
0: I, I like our newsletter. And then, of course, you guys are going to want to, you know, uh, join us and uh, don't talk to your family anymore. And I, uh, Honestly,
1: but just you know. so you know, if you do speak with us, we encourage a lot of our fans to not talk to their parents anymore yeah, because, sure. <laughs> again, their really? influence is really bad, and we want yeah. you to make sure you yeah. can queef the clearest that you can. And that's our whole thing is creating clear queefs. Clear queefs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for
0: supporting all the shows here on the network. And uh, yeah, just uh, and we're uh, also, by the way, don't forget
2: every Tuesday the stream is back. So go to Patreon. Yeah, and, uh, it's you live on watch Patreon. p.m. and PSA. And No Dogs in Space is about to return with a two-part series on the monks. Yeah, a, cool. A, yes, yeah. That's not what you gain.
0: It's, it's what you lose. <laughs> All right, everyone, hail yourselves. Hail Satan
1: Again. Hail me, and thank you, Satan, for giving me the strength to be a fucking warrior for truth. I am every fucking every day. I'm your soldier, buddy. I'm wow. your fucking shoulder. he's right? just
2: completely just completely derailed the past three episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah really yeah. Especially when you told Satan that you were his shoulder. Yeah,
0: you were his shoulder. <laughs> I've been talking for a long time. <laughs> All right, everyone, hail yourselves. bye thank you soon. Bye.
1: This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
2: Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group